Bull releases Moana Mataeli. Slips away from Evans, got too close to that. Oh, Right, I want to start by uh, wishing a well, a warm welcome to uh, all of our listeners out there today. He's nervous. And this is a very special <laughs> treat for everyone. This is our first ever edition of the Counter Ruck, official edition. Now, our regular listeners will know that we've done this as part of the uh, Back of the 135 podcast, but we've had overwhelming feedback that we need to get our own platform. Well, we haven't really, but uh, we've decided to get our own platform <laughs> And this is our first official <laughs> A lot episode. of feedbacks coming from all around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so um, another another thing which we've done is we've aligned with a whole lot of um, other elite podcasts and we've formed a group called the uh, WizWiz Network. So we've got our own website. Um, check it out, www.wizwiznet.com. So for our first official episode, I wanted to get in the heavy hitters of rugby knowledge. So I'd like to welcome our guests. Uh, first, firstly, we've got uh, all the way from West Auckland, uh, diehard Blues fan, Cameron. Cams, welcome. What's up, everybody? Uh, we also have a diehard Chiefs fan and a uh, member, lifetime member of the Front Row Club, uh, Rog. Rog, thanks for joining us. Talovalava. And all the way from the city of the future, joining us via Skype, we've got a uh, Ponsonby Rugby stalwart, Joey. Joey, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, boys. So uh, I know it's been pretty hard the in recent times with the coronavirus. Basically, everything has been put to a standstill, including rugby. So we haven't had a game for about uh, a live game for about three months. But there is light at the end of the tunnel as we continue to move down the uh, the lockdown levels. And we've got this new competition, Super Rugby Aotearoa. So that's what we want to do for our first official episode, is do a, uh, a Super Rugby Aotearoa preview. So uh, before I hand it over to um, our knowledgeable guys here, I thought I'd give you guys a quick rundown, and just for the listeners as well, of what the competition looks like. So the new competition is going to be a 10-week competition, and we've got the um, just the five New Zealand-based Super Rugby franchises. So international travel is still restricted due to the lockdown, and how the competition is going to work is everyone will play each other home and away, and you get two buys in there. And that's the 10 weeks for the new competition. So, uh, Rog, you look raring to go. I'll come to you first, mate. What's your thoughts on the competition? This is a stitch-up. Well, format, how, how, what are your thoughts on it? So, did you say there's a couple of buys in there? Oh, obviously there has to be a buy because it's five teams, five isn't teams, there? Five teams, yep. I reckon it's pretty good. You know, they again do the home and away um, obviously, it's it's a restart. There's no carryover of those previous points, so the Blues have got a lot to live up to. You know, there was high expectation from their teams, uh, from their supporters coming into this year. You know, the same one line: "This is our year," and they did have some good signs. Some good signs in that the first seven rounds, 
reiterating that they played seven games and other teams played six. But um, now I think now that we're restarting this uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, they, they've got a lot to live up to and try and see if they can continue that form uh, for this particular competition. Uh, so I reckon it's, um, it's a good format. It's good that Super Rugby's back. Everyone's rearing to go. Fans are rearing to see some football. We've had the NRL uh, resume just in the last couple of weekends, so that's been exciting for league fans and, and um, sports lovers right uh, on the other side of the Tasman as well as here. So it should be exciting time seeing the Super Rugby kick off again. But in terms of that format, I reckon it should be exciting seeing you know both sets of fans will see home and away. Um, not necessarily in the stadium. I don't think they were in the stadium yet. Uh, yet. Yeah, I'm. I'm just like um, Roger. I'm real excited for the upcoming um, Super Rugby, especially um, here in New Zealand. But you know, there's not going to be any any playoffs. See, eh? it's just going to be straight games, and the highest points wins. So every game is going to be really important. It's like every game will be like a playoff game. So I think that um, just gives it more, you know, excitement for for the fans watching. Yeah. I can't wait, eh? Joey, mate, how, how, how do you see it, the new, the new comp? Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, the fans are really looking forward to it. I think they've been missing some serious sporting action for a while now and are just excited, especially now that um, the greatest of all time has returned to the greatest of all time. <laughs> oh, sorry, I mean, Dan, Dan Carter is now... We'll get uh, to that, we'll get to that, Joey. <laughs> So, yeah, especially because of that. But um, no, it's, I'm excited. As someone who is, is a fan now, rather than a player of, of rugby, I'm, I'm quietly excited. And I haven't been this excited in a long time. I think it's because of maybe cabin fever, I'm not sure. But, yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, one thing I'll say is, like, I thought um, the initial competition of Super Rugby, it was sort of dying a slow death. The time zones and playing across multiple countries, it wasn't really working. So I like the idea of just having the local derbies. That's what gets the most fans. And there's that tribalism which sort of comes back to it. You know, you talk to your workmates and they might be a Hurricane supporter or a Chief supporter. You can sort of give it to them a little bit. Whereas, you know, I don't really know any Argentinians, Haguari supporters or any Sunwolf supporters hardcore. So I like that new, just the tribalism that comes with the new format. So... Mm. Yeah, it's and, true because we used to just wait around like when when they used to travel and do the leg in South Africa or in Australia they used to it, it, there was a lot of time between the local derbies and the local derbies seemed to be something um, of a novelty well that's something that um, New Zealand fans looked forward to mm. especially so now that it's just going to be straight back to back for this whole um, competition where your team is either going to be playing or having a week off but uh, it's going to be lucky derbies uh, right around, so and you get a home and away, so you don't have to wait as, as long before they come into your town. So, yeah, it should be exciting. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I just want to add to the uh, the format of the competition, like, like like what I said before, like every game, because there's no playoff, every game is important. Yeah. It's also important where your buyer sits. So I think, who's got the first buy? Who's got the first buy? I think... If, if you, is the first up, they got to buy first. Okay, so oh. that that means that their buy is gone. So if they got injuries during the during that little season, well, they can't take advantage of their of their buy. Yeah. I think the Chiefs have their buy on the last game of that season, so that's the same thing. 
Yeah, I think they'll probably already be out of it by that time anyway. So <laughs> it won't matter too much. Oh, the chest, well, well, it'll just be rejuvenating and recuperating for that last little stint before <laughs> yeah. they um, make into semi-finals. Or is it straight? Oh no, there's nothing. Oh, yeah, he's, that's, he's, um, uh, that's probably one thing because we're so used to looking forward to semi-finals and finals but um, yeah I think it's just going to be straight points now isn't it mm-hmm. yeah um, you know I remember like you guys probably remember as well like the old NPC when they had that tribalism it was packed to the rafters and then somewhere along the line the NPC wasn't as important anymore and they put all that emphasis on super rugby and they just haven't been able to get the crowds back and the engagement in the New Zealand teams so I think that you know one of the the positives come out of this COVID-19 break is that they get to reset a lot of stuff and this is, could be a potential who knows what the future holds for Super Rugby, They New Zealand Rugby Union probably need the money but I think this was a good innovation in the short term anyway mm. Mm. But I like Cam's point about the sprint because you know, eight games, a couple of close losses and you could be you could be gone so the team that hits the ground running quickly you know, you can just get a lead and hold on to it from there. So it's going to be really interesting anyway, like you guys mentioned. But um, well, well um, they've got some part of the new innovations what they're doing with this new competition. They've got some new rules. So I'll get you guys thoughts on the new rules. So one of the rules they've implemented is Golden Point, similar to the NRL. So if there's a draw after 80 minutes, they play 10 minutes of Golden Point, And basically whoever scores first wins the game. Another rule they've got in here is the red card rule. So if a player gets red carded, they can bring on a new stu- substitute after 20 minutes. And uh, sort of a generic rule, they're going to have stricter policing of the breakdown. So the breakdown has been a, a messy re- area of the game for forever and a day. What's so, the details around the policing of the... Because it's very vague in a yeah. sense. So do you know more details about that? I know they, they're making real strict rules that you've got to roll it away quicker mm. and just roll to the side, not try and roll... And impede on any play, impede on other players, and if you do that, you get penalised. They're trying to similar to what the NRL did with their um, rule variations. I think it's all about trying to speed up the game. Mm. So yeah, just get interesting. So just to wake up, call for the Blues who just lie all over the <laughs> ball anyway, even though are tired, but really they just. Uh, uh, well, I think yeah. the New Zealand Herald actually listed down the um, what they were going to look at on during the breakdown, and and that um, if you're tackling, you have to roll away. You you have to actually roll away to the closest sideline. So that's another thing to think about if, if you're a, a tackler. Because it has always been a contentious part because when, when players are stuck at the bottom and they can't, obviously they can't roll away and then by default they become penalised for it by the referee. So what if they are stuck and they generally can't roll away or move about um, and, and you know, they, 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 their arms are flailing everywhere mm. but then they, they obviously they're, they're jammed in, in between another pile of players so and I guess that's what I was, I was confused about if they're talking about speeding up the game that's not speeding up the game no if that happens I, I guess in a sense that they'll speed it up like the referee will be looking for anybody that's impeding boom penalty speed up oh, okay. so moving on from a, a ruck that can take so long and just get the ball going again by penalty kick for a line out or tap and go or what have you so yeah I haven't really read up on those details but that, that's interesting to see how they will and go about policing that. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's a good point about people just being stuck and having nowhere to go. But th- there's also that other side where people will act like they're stuck, slow the ball down, you know, throw yeah. their hands in the air, but they can really have gotten away, but they blues, want to slow the ball down. So blues jerseys. Um, yeah. Well, what about you, Joey? Any any additional thoughts on on the new? He was just going to say his blues players. <laughs> the, the new the new rule changes. 
I think given the current circumstances with the comeback from COVID, you know, we're level two now, but I think given the current circumstances, it's probably the best way forward for this season anyway. Um, I did hear Roger saying there are similarities with league, and I agree, especially that golden point thing. Yeah. Um, so I do wonder if this is the start of bringing in a whole lot more similarities to league and whether or not there'll be some backlash from the fans because of it. Yeah, you, you know, that's a good point. There was a guy who was on the World Rugby Committee somewhere in Europe and he was doing some... They got some experts apparently to do some analysis on how they can improve the game of rugby. Now, I'm not sure if this guy was was drunk or what, but one of his improvements <laughs> was he said... I think they need to get rid of two players and bring the game down to 13 aside. And all the league guys were just, they were just cracking up thinking, man, have you not been, have been living in a cave? We've got a 13-man game already. So I think, um, you know, there was, I see the two codes are getting a lot more closer and closer, as you say. So, yeah, I thought that's interesting. Yeah, just in relation to the red card, I reckon that's awesome because I think <laughs> players that, you know, get pointed out by the referees, you know, and picked on by referees. I think it's good that team can become, uh, come back to par with the other team and, and and have a full complement of players because sometimes referees can make a real pedantic and have uh, those sort of um, ridiculous calls that they send someone off, especially when it's accidental, and then they'll rule it as, but the law says, you know. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a fine line between blurring those those lines because it could be a, a fair, like say someone's going for the ball, someone just happens to be momentum carrying them through and then the p- person in the air is flipped over and there's no malice in it, no intention, but due to the rules of the game, they get a red card because they're taking a player out in the air. So those kinds of things that, you know, obviously they can't pull out just due, due to the, the body mass movement mm-hmm. and the law of physics and a lot of players that I've seen, especially in the last couple of years, Especially and with that World Cup as well, red cards, man, everywhere. Um, especially in that last World Cup, so hopefully they can slow that down um, and not give out as many red cards. But at the same time, it's good that players, uh, teams will be able to therefore replace that player twenty minutes after. Is it? I mean, it's crucial. It could be a crucial moment in terms of those twenty minutes without the player, because having a player in the sin bin is can come can sometimes change a game massively, but red cards. So it'll be interesting to see whether they carry on with this particular rule or is it just Super Rugby Aotearoa that's going to be implementing it and whether it carries on to other um, competitions, who knows, but interesting. You know, Raj, you're absolutely right. Mm. I mean, I mean, they could have went two ways. They could even go back to the old days where you only got a red card for punching. or But, but because they're giving out red cards like nothing now, like we've seen, we witnessed that in the last World Cup, like, you've got to have the rule to just, just balance that off. I mean, when, when I think about the last World Cup, I think about the England-Argentina game. And, and for me, when they, when they guy got the red card, the Argentina guy got the red card in the 10th minute, that just yeah, ruined yeah. the whole, whole, exactly. whole match. Ruined the whole match. That's it. So I, th- I think that rule is, is really good. I think um, so, so that rule sort of... Um, Allows uh, the make, opportunity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teams to sort of... It, it makes it fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make it, because sometimes when you get a red card, like even when we saw in that... Uh, well, Super League had it when Ohio got punched in the first couple of minutes mm. in the in Super League grand final, the, the opposition team lost their player for the punch. So he was gone for a red card. 
in that instance, yeah, I can see where it's, it's deemed, um, you know, relevant. But uh, and, but then that team who have worked so hard all year to get to that point to a Super League final to any Grand Final, um, therefore have to now contend with one man down for the remainder of the game. Even the example in two thousand seven when when Wales were pretty hot, they lost um, their flanker captain. And against France, and then France ended up just winning that. Yeah, and that that changed the the landscape of that game right from the get go. You know, because once they lost him, everyone's how can France lose this? And they just won. They just won that game and managed to sneak into a rugby World Cup final where they lose by one point. So you know, the French are unpredictable anyway. But that particular rule took out Wales from that game. Um, So yeah, it's it's interesting and those kinds of things. You know, contentious calls that the referee has to make based on the laws of the rugby of, of the game. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a, it comes down to interpretation, but how much a red card changes a game, massive, massive impact. Well, you know, I'm happy they figured it out. You know that this was the way to alleviate all those red cards going up. But the thing the is, game, yeah, you know? it, it it brings back that opportunity for the teams to come back on par in terms of player numbers, but for a red card to be dished out initially, even anyway. Um, hopefully that they don't just get dished out regardless because of this new rule. But um, yeah, in yeah, the last couple of seasons we've seen red cards just come out so much, and it just hasn't been the way that it, you know. Every now and then you'll see a red card, but um, it seems in the last couple of seasons there's been red cards come out. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. I think I think just to like you brought up a real good point about that Lance Ohio incident. So I've always sort of just played devil's advocate. Because Lance Ohio, once he got punched, that was it. His World Cup, uh, his final was over as well. Exactly. So he can't come back on because he's concussed and he's basically knocked out. But if that other guy gets replaced after 20 minutes and then they end up winning, mm. and it's sort of the other team's been disadvantaged because their player's been knocked out. So there's sort of that other side of it as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can go any even further because that that pretty much ended Lance Ohio's career. Oh, I mean, mate. even though he was he was coming to an end of his career, but that can that, that acted as a catalyst in, in terms of um, finishing him off. He probably could have gone for another season or two, you know, but that was pretty much it. And then the the headaches and the and the migraines that they suffer mm. thereafter because of something like that is is immense. So yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think just one of the interesting points is if someone if that, that replacement comes on after twenty minutes and that replacement carves up and ends up winning in the game, and you'd be like, you'd yeah. be filthy if you were the team that lost because nah, that's, one of the opposition did something really dirty enough to get a red card, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be interesting at least, but I think you guys are, are on the right point. I think there's more positives to get out of it than... Um, mm. yeah. maybe and and, and you remember, it's, um, it, it's it's 20 minutes, so that's not nothing. You know, that's a big right. deal. Yeah, so. There's still a, a, por- a massive portion of the game where you're going to be one man down, but... Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how they adjudicate on that. Golden points. Again, it'll be interesting to because so is it ten minutes? Ten minutes yep. both ways or no, just one five, one five minutes five minutes each way like the NRL and you just keep going until someone gets a point. So if the, after ninety minutes no one's got anything, then that's when it's it a ends in a draw. Like gotcha. that um that one we saw on the weekend. But um yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on that? We, there's not as many draws in in rugby as there is in league, so be interesting. I mean, it's exciting for the fans, at least you've got to say that, you know. Yeah, yeah, A draw is, yeah. um, no one really likes a draw. You always feel like sort of half, half, half about it, so. Yeah, at least there's another opportunity during that 10 minutes to try and make something up, and I, I'm not sure how it'll go. 
there's not is I, I can't remember too many extra times in rugby union anyway. Mm. So, mm. you know, for me, it'll be interesting. Um, the emphasis goes towards um, goal kicking now, since they got that mm. that golden point. Yeah. See how many? How many? When I think of the Highlanders, right? I think of three class drop goal first fives. There mm. might be an advantage for the Highlanders because it'll it'll be drop goals or try and milk a penalty mm. yeah. um, within kicking 10, range. So 10, fifteen phases. A, you know, you'll probably get a penalty forty yeah. meters out, and you'll yeah. go for it. You'll try and go for it because um, that, the, especially an extra time golden point. Yeah, yeah, even when there's ten minutes to go in. In the in the first eighty, that's right. To like, prevent a prevent to, a, to prevent a golden uh, point, they're going to yeah. go for the drop goal. Right, that's mm-hmm. it. right, right. I think um, I'm I'm most interested in the the breakdown and how they're going to strictly enforce that. Hmm. Um, because the breakdown for me is the most exciting thing to watch. I think <laughs> that's from my point of view. <laughs> I just love watching the breakdown. There's a, um, there's a forward right there on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm just interested in the breakdown myself. Uh, red cards, yeah, cool. Um, just like Roger said, you know, the red cards will uh, come down to how pedantic a ref is, I think, and obviously the individuals. And it's going to come down to the perspectives of each ref that refs the games and how they see it. So, yeah, I think it's interesting times. Interesting times. I don't think it'll ever get. I don't think it'll get to golden point as much as. You know, we may think, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see if it ever does get to Golden Point. Yep, yep, I agree with that. All right, boys, um, there's nothing else to move on to the next our next topic. So I want to, um, what I wanted to talk about was just to have a, a quick review, or not a quick review, but an in-depth analysis of the um, the five Super Rugby teams. So um, Joey and Roy Hughes were there when we did the um, Super Rugby preview, mm. um, our review, sorry, uh, mid-season review. So I thought that format that we did was quite good. We started from the top of the North Island and just worked our way down. So I think we'll do that again, which leads us to the Blues first up. So, um, Cams, I know you're a diehard Blues fan. I'll come to you you first. Uh, What's your thoughts on the Blues and how do you think they're going to go this year? Well, you know, the big news, the big news of the week. (laughs) Dan Carter joining the, putting on the Blues jersey. Man. I think that's that takes over everything that's going on right now. I mean, I looked on the Herald and all 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 the photos on the sports section was all Dan Carter. Um, he's done there because he's only, he's only in there for um, injury. Eh? Yes, Stephen Petrofitz injured, so hmm. he's coming in his injury cover. Okay, so he he won't get starting. Eh? He won't, he won't get starting. Eh? Oh, you never know. You never know. You know when you've got someone of that ilk, mm. man, it just it just changes. Your whole backline and w- the possibilities for how you can rearrange. So Leon McDonald, mate, I take my hat off to Rangi. Well done, and and being able to acquire someone of that caliber uh, to come to his franchise. Hmm. Carry on, Cam. Sorry, man. So you know, I was I was really happy with the Blues' um, season pre um, lockdown. They were winning games, you know, and they're they're get, getting momentum. And then the lockdown just shut everything down, and and I was worried. I was worried that. Could they, come, could they start the new the season again? Cam, you were worried anyway, no. right from the beginning of the year. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, now, now if Dan Carter there, I was thinking, nah, I think it, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Bowden Barrett's back, so that's another. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty formidable. The backline potential, at least. I, I do think Dan Carter. He mentioned that um, 
You know, he hasn't played a lot of rugby in recent times, so he's still trying to get used to the contact. And Leon McDonald isn't going to play him in the first game at least, just going to give him time to train and get used to that, taking contact again and all that other stuff before he chucks uh, Dan Carter in. But they've got Bowden Barrett there, so, you know, the options are endless. Um, Rog, oh, it'll be good to hear the perspective of a um, sort of a non-Blues fan. What's your thoughts on the Blues? Like I mentioned from the outset, it'll be interesting to see whether the Blues can carry on their form from um, prior to the lockdown. I think they've got a lot, a point to prove because obviously all eyes are on them, not only for the, the fact that Daniel Carter is now in within their ranks, but the fact that they were able to get some good results prior to to the lockdown. Um, you know, obviously Mark Talia, massive, massive uh, performances from him, yep. whether he can continue that form and eventually, you know, who knows, higher honours later on in the year, um, whether it, maybe not for the ABs, but also maybe for... New Zealand 15, I think that's the, the other team that they were talking about. All Blacks 15, I think. You know, the other reason why I was worried during the lockdown was that it gave the other teams a chance to look at the Blues. They might be prepared for the for when it starts up again. Yep, good point. That's it, because now everyone's showed some of their hand, yep. so to speak, and so now we, they know what the Blues, what they did in that first seven rounds, and so how they're going to counter that, how they're going to be... Um, prepared for all of that, um, the attack, let alone their defence. And the Blues had some systems in where they used the players uh, to the advantage of their back lines and, and then putting uh, Mark Talia into space or creating play because his tries weren't just basically, you know, um, sometimes it was just pure brilliance on Mark Talia's part. Um, opportunist tries as well, um, capitalising on an error from the opposing team. Um, where he got a couple of runaways, but then great finishing as well from his, on his part. Mm. So he showed an all-round defence, but he was a hard man to put down, and that just comes back to his running metres. Um, he had some huge stats in terms of running metres and then ball carries as well. So, And then that just ended up, you know, whether he was finishing off uh, a team try or just showing individual brilliance. I think because of his running metres, I think he'll be a player to look out for. And like you say, Cam, teams will be better prepared now to try and shut him down a bit sooner. And, and some of it was just maybe it couldn't have been helped anyway. How, how It doesn't matter how good a defence you put on Mark Talia, but those will be things that teams will be trying to uh, better against a, a player of his, his calibre. But um, I think the Blues have got you know a couple of guys in there that they'll be obviously Daniel Carter coming into the fold. Bowden Barrett, we haven't seen anything of Bowden Barrett either. So there's double excitement for the Blues. You know, Bowden had just come in prior to the lockdown um, to training. So now uh, with Daniel Carter, it just takes it to a whole new level. Whether he'll get into the onto the field at any stage, stop fist pumping uh, there, Stacey. Uh, but it just, you know, I can, so I can understand the excitement for Blues fans. The Blues franchise is at an all-time high in terms of um, this being a potential year for them to Ghana, somewhat of a championship. Do we consider it a championship at the end of it? I don't know. It's not a. It's not a proper Super Rugby. It'll be you know the championship for Super Aotearoa. But you know, I, I think we forget. It's will it be another championship like when the Blues won the World Club Tens as well, <laughs> <laughs> and they hadn't won a title, and then they they were celebrating that. Yeah, this is the. the the beginning of something, and yeah, we knew what happened after that. They didn't come anywhere close to a final in that year either. But, I mean, 
will it go down as one of those competitions where it's just something that we'll be able to play and something that was thrown together in order to counter what occurred um, this pandemic globally. But I think the Blues have got a lot to prove. The Ioane brothers, Rico, and especially Akira, you know, will they come into form or will, will Akira come into form and, and sort of fulfil that potential that we know that he's shown for plenty of seasons now, whether he'll have that temperament to be a, a leader, uh, an example for the up-and-coming players around him because we know that there's um, Hoskins as well. Hoskins Satutu, who's you know biting at the bit as well, trying to um, see who brings up that number eight position. So, Bowden Barrett, Daniel Carter, Mark Talia, and the Iwani brothers. And I, I, I hope to see Tom Robinson come into form as well because of what he showed last year. What about you, Joey? I know um, you're, you're a Blues fan as well. Any thoughts on the on the Blues for the upcoming season? Uh, well, they. Had a pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty um, inconsistent. No, not inconsistent. They had an up and a down seven first seven rounds. Um, I thought, uh, just like Roger alluded to, you know, even though um, they had an interesting first seven rounds, it will be interesting to see what they come up with from here on in, um, especially with, you know, a reinvigorated squad, um, the insertion of the goat alongside with the future goat. Um, well, maybe it's a bit too late for uh, Bodie to be the to be the goat, but anyway, um, LeBron can still catch MJ. Oh, we're not talking about that. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, <laughs> um, so, look, I think those are the two names on everyone's mouths at the moment. You know, Barrett and DC. Um, why would you want to talk about anybody else other than Stephen Perifetta? Thank you for being injured, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, Silver lining. <laughs> God, you know, um, I think in terms of the, the coup or the, the acquisition of the GOAT, um, not only is Leon McDonald to thank, I think. I think if you go back further, Tana needs some, some, uh, some credit for that. Because he stepped aside for Leon McDonald to be in a position nice, to nice point. make that recruitment decision, right? So I think if we if we go back further, we, we need to, you know, we, we let's need acknowledge to... Pat Lamb as well for standing <laughs> stepping aside, <laughs> <laughs> standing oh, down, and then go... J.K. comes <laughs> in, and, and Sir John Kewen as well, is it? <laughs> so they've had to go through all those hardships in order to get to this point in time. Yes, yes, indeed. So um, no, good on Leon McDonald for um, for being mates of DC. Um, like DC said in his interview, you know, uh, Ted tried, JK tried, and they couldn't get him over. But you know, DC being a mate of Leon's and the timing being right. But it was uh, also it was going back to 2007 because after the 2000 World Cup, 2007 World Cup, the Blues offered for DC to be offered a contract with the Blues. And then it's it's a common knowledge now that it was due to his grandmother not approving yep. that he declined that offer back then. So, oh, fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his grandma, so that that's why when they interviewed him this time round, they said, "Oh, how's your nana feel about um, you coming to the Blues?" Because she was not happy with him considering yeah. it back in 07. Wow, yeah, it's crack up. And how is she now? Or is she is she in the grave? No, nah, no, nah, she's no, nah, no, nah, she's still she's still around, and she's she's happy 
with her grandson oh, well, coming yeah, I think she, I think she said that oh, she wanted Dan Carter to win one more Super Rugby title, <laughs> and she said, well, your best chance is to go to that team with the Blues. Hey, when Joey's referring to him as the GOAT, hey, I, 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 you know, he's up there, Dan Carter's up there. However, remember when MJ came back, he went back to his original team. He never played for anyone else. He went back to the Bulls. And, <laughs> Hold on a minute. And then also, and then also, just, and then also. Going his season in Belgium. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And then also, when he did play, he played not only that first season that he came back, they lost. They didn't make a championship team. It was the following season. Anyway, I That's digress. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. We... Uh, <laughs> as long as we get some younger All Blacks out of this, yeah, I think I think the Blues will be happy. Yeah, you know, you know, Roger, I think you're referring to like um, you know, when Jordan's fresh retirement, we're talking about <laughs> DC's uh, sabbatical. Remember his sabbatical? Oh, 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 he yes, came back from a sabbatical. Yes. He went to the Crusaders, so he's done that. Remember, Jordan retired the second time, and he came back. Yes. Where did he come back to? He went back to the Wizards. He went to the Wizards. And this is yeah. DC's true, true, true. This is DC coming he, back to another team. Did he win anything with the Wizards? <laughs> this is DC's Wizards. Mate. Did he spill some magic at the Wizards? He, he won the heart of his former coach, Collins. <laughs> oh, crack up. <laughs> nice, boys. You know, um, one thing like Cam's, you brought up how good the Blues were pre COVID 19. And if we look, they've added Dan Carter. Uh, Bowden Barrett is going to be playing his first game. He just smashed that Bronco, the Bronco fitness test in his first training mm. with the Blues. So uh, he's got the Blues record already. And uh, you know, who, who are you talking up. about? Bowden Barrett? Bowden or? Barrett. Bowden Barrett. Oh, okay. So that's another new player. Are you trying to compare him to uh, Rodman now or Dennis Rodman? With, you know, coming back from Las Vegas <laughs> just, and just um, what? what? <laughs> I'm just talking about the uh, the improvements on the team that was coming second. They've got Caleb Clark, who was um, he was going to be part of the uh, Olympic Sevens. Now that's obviously been postponed. But in my opinion, he would have been a starting winger for the Blues if he wasn't part of the Olympic mm. Sevens. And Tani Lutalia, he's come back as well. So he had a breakout season with the Blues last year and he That's had right. some, some depth to that team. So they've had some massive improvements in the back line. And one thing I'll say, I brought this up on our other podcast, um, Mappa, you know Mappa, Joey, one of the Ponsonby stalwarts. He brought up Richard on Tonga. The, yeah, yes. Mappa Tonga. He brought up on the, um, the Counter Rock Facebook page how now it's all well and good to have these improvements in the backs. But if the forwards don't uh, yep. step up, then, uh, you know, all those backline, Dan Carter, the Bowden Barrett, and all the Caleb Clark, that, it's not going to make one iota of difference. So, yep. uh, so that'll be depending on individual brilliance. If, if their scrum or their four-pack don't perform, that's that's all you can do. And you're yep. going to be depending on indi- individual brilliance from the Mark Tillers and the Rico right. one is. So, um, yeah, mm. just I, th- I think that's what I'm really looking forward, uh, looking for from the Blues. If the forwards can lay the platform... That new backline that they've got, they, they can kill anyone with Carter and Barrett and, and Clark and as well as Talia who's shown himself, all the guys they got there. So, you know, that's what I'm really looking for from the Blues this year. The forwards have got to really step up and, and do a job. So, um, you know, hope, mm. hopefully they can they can get that done there. Yeah. But sometimes I don't take, um, I just take it with a grain of salt, whatever Mappa says anyway. <laughs> he used to one time he, he used to sport a New South Wales jersey back at university but then all of a sudden he's supporting oh, Queensland <laughs> and the way he defended it is because his uncle played oh, for Roger. the Waratahs oh, and it was a Waratahs jersey not a New yes, South Wales rugby right, league jersey right. anyway Roger, I digress I think you need, you need to get some photo uh, evidence of that <laughs> yes so yes we can rub it into the old lad oh my the blues, um, the blues lineup needs to be um, better I think 
they were mm. falling down a bit <clears throat> towards the end of the, well, towards the beginning of COVID. Yeah. So, so uh, Roger, you brought up Tom Robinson. Like, where do you see him fitting in? They've got, they've got some a bit of depth there in the the loose forwards, and they've got uh, they've picked him, picked him at lock a little bit at blindside. Yeah, because he was a breakout player last year, you know, and he was he was everywhere. He was getting into everything. He ran a muck in the malls. He wouldn't let opposition teams win balls in the mall or the ruck easily. He was he, sometimes he got penalised for it, but the thing is, he stood out not only because of his red hair, but in his long red hair, but just because he was everywhere and in, in amongst all the action. So it's hard to say, hard to say, because this first seven weeks you, you saw him in spurts, but not. Yeah. Enough to yeah. see him carry on his form from last year, and obviously there's, there's some good um, contingent of Lucy's as well. Dalton Papali is looking for a starring role there. You got Hoskins, yeah. Hoskins uh, Sotutu, who's who's had a a good few outings with the Blues mm -hmm. so far. Um, who else is there at the moment? Blake, uh, Blake Gibson's there. Um, Blake Gibson, Akira, obviously. As well, so some depth on the loose forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's. It's good. It's a good headache to have for for Leon McDonald, but um, I think it'll be interesting to see how they chop and change for you know whether it's horses for courses or do they just stick with a, a trio that they want to just go until they uh, need to be replaced. Who knows? But I think a lot of the the Lucy's that they've got are able to go the distance. That's the only thing. So yeah, for me, um, I'm interested in seeing um, Imoni Narawa because he had a good. NPC last year, but he had a poor. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he had a poor first up uh, debut for yeah, the Blues. He did, eh? he did, he so did, he did we've had this break, and I think if he if he looks at what he did, like this break helped him like see his uh, full potential. I'm interested to see if if they put him on, if he does any better. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I think um, preseason because of the NPC that you mentioned, mm. he was one of the guys that you know fans were sort of exciting, thinking this could be. You know, every year there's that, that breakout guy. And, you know, like you said, he, based on the NBC, I thought he could have been in that conversation. But, you know, it just hasn't unfolded for him that way. You know, I'll get your guys' thoughts. One guy who I feel sorry for, in a way, is Oteri Black. Oh, I thought you were saying, say, James Parsons, your favourite player. <laughs> no, you know, he left the Hurricanes. He left the Hurricanes to come to the Blues exactly. to get an opportunity. Exactly. And he's finally got it together. That first... Pre-COVID, yep. pre-COVID break, mm. he was uh, he was outstanding for the Blues. Now they've got two <laughs> world-class first wives there, and he's going to be back to uh, you know. And he's back under you know club be rugby again. Behind, he's behind Bowden Barrett, the man he was trying to get away from, right, right. originally from the Hurricanes, and, I, and we mm. mentioned it in the in the previous podcast as well that you know he's had a bad run of injuries, and now this year he's he's been able to carry that team, direct that team. And come up with some awesome plays and results at the end of it. Him and Pedal Fitter, mm. they've worked nicely together. Pedal Fitter, not only at first five, but then going back to fullback and playing really well. And unfortunately, he's come under a bit of an injury cloud now. And then that's how we see Daniel Carter, the almost goat, come into the oh. fold. <laughs> not the almost goat. <laughs> Please don't, please don't tell me Mertz is your goat. <laughs> I was talking, oh, more Steve Bishop. <laughs> no, no, just... <laughs> nice voice. Please don't tell me he's a mate as well, is he? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you right. seem to be picking your mates quite a lot. Of <laughs> no, I got it. 
All right, some good stuff there, boys. Um, well, if there's anything, well, if there's nothing else on the Blues, we'll move on to uh, a little bit further south to your team, Rog. Ooh. Chiefs. To the Chiefs. I think this is your team, mate. I'll give you the first. I'll give you the first word on your team, mate. I think now that we've got the high chief at Chiefs as well, we've got the the main man of the moment, old uh, Sam Kane, announced the uh, All Blacks captain in recent weeks as well. So we need to acknowledge that. I think you guys should all stand up and put your your fist to your chest and. Yeah, well, well done to well done to us, Sam Thorne. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can reach you from across this table here. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly Sam, Sam's not that rubbish. No, no, no. I think I think yeah, it's awesome that Sam. I I didn't really see it coming. I thought it would go to someone like uh, like Whitelock, Sam Whitelock. But um, it's good that Sam Kane's deserving of that that honour. I think he'll be, you know he'll just be it's able. It's not to, surprising. Yeah, yeah. It's not surprising. Fozzie went for him. No. <laughs> that, that, that may have helped as well, but uh, but yeah, he's a no nonsense. Just gets stuck into. He's not flash. He just does the dirty work. Um, but yeah, he's 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 not your typical seven. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's a solid type of number seven. He's not quick around the traps like a Richie McCaw or Marty Holler type player. But he's he's a safe option and he's solid in defense. And I think it's mm-hmm. his defense, his no nonsense defense, his go forward, mm-hmm. just. Puts his head down. Doesn't matter where he's mm. bleeding from or where he's cut. He'll just carry on until he has to come off when he's forced off. But I think that's why he's just a quiet leader. But with a lot of you know experienced players around him, he'll be able to um, prove to be a good All Black captain in the next few seasons. Mm. But Brad Webber can't harp on about Brad Webber enough. Uh, I think he's shown a lot of. That, that's our next recruit. We're gonna take, when we're getting ill, ill the goats. We're gonna get Brad Weber next up here at the Blues. Cut it out, cut it out. Look what you did to Pity Whippy. <laughs> Pity Whippy did that to himself. Pity Whippy came up. He goes, "Whoa, there's some awesome bakeries up in here." <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, Brad Weber, I think he, yeah, I think he's 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 gonna put on a, a lot of pressure on. Aaron Smith to, and as well as TJ Perinara for you know, getting a, a bench spot or even a, the top spot in halfbacks, but um, in terms of Chiefs, we saw what he did against the Crusaders, being able to be spontaneous, his no look passes, he's he's quick, he can command a lot of um, his his forwards to do what they need to do, but I think with a, a guy of his calibre. And the speed, I think his speed is just real quick. He's got real quick fibres as well, so that'll, that'll be impetus. And that's what um, Aaron Smith was like, but Brad Weber's just a little pocket rocket. It just shows up anywhere and, and does the damage. So I think he'll be a player to look out for. Boschia to carry on his form, playing really well, um, getting into the nitty-gritty, the bottom of rucks, winning turnover ball. But then I'm also interested in Luke Jacobson making a comeback as well. You know, hard done by by a bit of injury, but that's that's the nature of the beast. But it'll be interesting to see how he um, tries to make a comeback. And I think this this new format, the later you know, being later in the year now, has helped with players that have been carrying injuries from the beginning of the year. And um, I think mentioning Ray Nuya as well for the Blues. You know, he was pretty much considered out for the rest of the season. But with this now in place, you know, it's it's 
been able to, his rehab has had to continue, but now being the going in for these next 16 weeks, he could have a chance of coming back before the end of that competition. Nice, nice. Yeah. <coughs> the Chiefs, um, yeah, I think Roger covered all everything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I will mm. say though, like, um, I remember, you know, the Chiefs' last game before the lockdown, they lost in a real close game against the Hurricanes. And I reckon, you know. It was exciting too. Even though you lose, it was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but they had, they had those two first wins, their two first games, huh? Mm. But then they lost the last two games, huh? But then mm. last game, they would have pissed them off. And because they had a break after their their last minute loss, they would have yeah. just like hung around, hung around the hung around the changing rooms and hung around practice. You know, so I, I, I predict them to like come out of the gates like firing. Like they would have used that to uh to fire them up thing. Just like the the way they came out of the gates against the blues at Eden Park. And surprise, <laughs> is here's Aaron Cruden. Wait, is, is this pre goats or because pre goat doesn't count. Oh sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the goat of the white cattle, Aaron <laughs> But you know, I think also because this lockdown um, allowed every team in the in the New Zealand Super Rugby franchises to get over the injuries. So I think um, Chiefs will be full strength on. Mm. McKenzie's back. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. You know, Aaron Cruden. So McKenzie's been a little bit under the radar. So it'll be interesting to see how he comes in. And, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about especially in the Northern Hemisphere, how they're saying, you know, small players um, don't get a look in because in the private schools they look for the size. And they, they and they brought up Mike Umanga, who was uh, interviewed, they brought up the fact that his son was not making teams because he was too small. But then they said, if that was the case, if they based that, you know, that, that sort of uh, criteria um, around the world, would never see the likes of a McKenzie or an Aaron Cruden, the smaller guys in the, in the game, because they just... They put a massive emphasis on bulking up and looking for size. Mm. So, yeah, Brad Weber even. So, you know, mm. these these type of, type of guys, halfback are the roles where you've had your typical smaller guys as first five as well, but your know, first fives can be quite tall these mm. days. So. And I think mm. also because um, everyone's healthy now, I think the mm. the problem, there's always that um, the best problem is who to pick. That's right. And uh, if you think about the Chiefs' back line, Everyone's healthy. Even jumping, um, uh, Nanai's Satoru because he's back mm. from uh, it, there's no more, there's no sevens, so everyone from sevens everyone's are back. Mm. And those guys, be those sevens yeah, players, will be, be fit as anything, exactly. Mm. So nice. We haven't even touched on Anton Leonard Brown. Hey, hey. <laughs> no, they've got a, they've got a lot going for them. The Chiefs, a lot going for them. Yep. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey. Gus saw a cooler as well, Joey. You know, you probably run around and seen him around down there. We've got Tyler yeah. Ardron. <laughs> yeah, I've seen them around. That's it. Mitchell Karpik. Mitchell Karpik. You know, one, another one discarded by the Blues. He's he's Good up reason. and coming, Good brother. Good reason. Good oh. reason. You know, just on that, Rog, what's your, what are your thoughts on the, on the loose forward makeup? Because they've had Sam Kane at eight. Kapuk at seven and Boshia at six. So that's basically three sevens. And if you look, Brady Retellick's not there, so they're having some makeshift, makeshift locks. Well, the Chiefs, so it's not the first time a, the Chiefs have done that because yeah, you're going I'm back to. The, the lineouts in a, in a lot of ways because they don't have a genuine lineout option if they've got those three loose forwards. And they've lost Retellick, who's a world class lineout operator. So does that loose forward trio sort of diminish their seat piece? No, it doesn't because I think it works in terms of what they offer to general play. 
and then scrums. But then Boshia as well as um, Sam came the the genuine lineout options as oh. well. Come on, they are they are the genuine lineout options, especially you Kane, Sam Kane. Sam Kane. Sam Kane's <laughs> Sam Kane's gone up in the air a number of times over the season, so I don't think it diminishes anything in their lineout options. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, you know, Kim's you brought up a good point with the with the, when you talked about the Blues, how uh, you know maybe they've been figured out and now they've got these new additions. They have been. And that changes the, the dynamic of the team and mm. the game plan. If we look at the Chiefs, they haven't got any real new additions. It's the same team. So, and they lost their last two games. Were they figured out? And have, have they got anything new to offer that we haven't seen? Or have teams already figured them out and that could be a sort of a downfall for them? It'll be the downfall for any side that thinks that they have figured out the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is there is one thing they need to work on um, that was quite evident towards the end of um, the pre-COVID round or seven rounds. Um, their defense they they had a stat for being the second most missed tackles of all teams. Hmm. Sticking to the Samuels. If you did it so against the top second, like the yeah, Blues. okay, I'll come back to you on that one there, Joey, because I'll counter that with this. Okay, second most missed yeah. tackles, but because they've got a higher percentage of tackles. <coughs> Thank you very much. What? Because <laughs> they've got a higher percentage of tackles. They've got a higher oh, number of tackles. Oh, you mean high, higher percentage of tackles attempted, eh? Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the, exactly. The, the exactly my bluff, point. Double bluff. So they, att- they attempted five times more than anybody else. So so much more tackles that they've missed more tackles as well. Nice. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, one, one more question. Joey, I'll get, I'll get you to have, uh, tip in first on this one. The midfield, because you touched on Anton Leonard-Brown, so he's a guarantee. Hey, hey. They've got Quintu Pai, who's had a lot of minutes. Uh, Nankivu's another guy. Uh, Tumu Manu. They haven't really settled on a partner at, at, or... Well, that's why they're Anton just experimenting. They're experimenting. Out of 12 and 13. They so were experimenting. What, what's, what do you think, Joey? Where do you think Anton Leonard-Brown should play, firstly? And who should be the midfield partner? I know this is your team as well. That's right. That's so I'll right. let you have a, a jump in a few. <laughs> but Joey, Joey, what's your thoughts on the, on the midfield? The um, put, the, put the Manu boy there. I think. Um, good old I, boy. Oh, look, I think he can play with anybody and he can make anyone good. That's that's the the level of class that that player has. Um, I'm a big fan of Anton Leonard Brown ever since he came on to, first came onto the scene. Um, he's just so slippery. He's uh, he, he kind of he's, his attacking play reminds me a little bit a little bit of Alama Yeremia. Um, and that he can set people up. He's quite. Um, he's he's a bit hard to tackle from the, the defenses that, have, that he's come up against. Um, he always has to have a double team on him to at least have a shot at getting him down. But even then, he's still able to get an offload out. Um, you can put anybody next to him. It doesn't matter. Um, Gatlin's done a fine job of sorting out that. Backline with some amazing plays that they can, some brilliant pieces of attacking um, play from the Chiefs in that first seven rounds. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, it's the defense that will let them down if they don't fix it. Yeah. But I think they will. Yeah. I think they'll fix it in time. Gets is, gets is the pro, you know, he'll, he'll get them sorted. What, you've got any thoughts on the, on the midfield yeah, combination? I think, I think with um, Antonino Brown, he's, he's a He's a better 12. 
with the Chiefs, and so they have the younger uh, guy or the, the less experienced to play outside him at the Chiefs. Obviously, uh, but I think he's a better option at thirteen for the All Blacks um, for the distribution purposes. But um, giving the time for whoever it is that's paired up with him in the midfield um, at the Chiefs um, gives the the person outside him a bit more time and space if he was to play inside. But obviously he can play both if required um, with the Chiefs. But in terms of their midfield pairing, we've seen him being able to just uh, chop and change um, from 12 or 13. But um, yeah, he's he's a hard person to put down, like Joey said. And we've seen that he, he's, it's, it's awkward if you don't get him right the first time, he'll just keep charging forward. Similar to what Mark Tillett has been doing as well. But... Mm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just those missed tackles. Sometimes it's just ones that you just can't prevent. But if you go low on him the first time round, you should be able to put him down. But he's, he's an awkward player to try and shut down. Nice. I'll give you guys one last question about the Chiefs. Just about Damian McKenzie. Like, I think if he didn't get that knee injury last year, he would have been the starting fullback for the All Blacks at the World Cup. I think they were always going to do the dual playmaking system, but they would have mm. had Bowden Barrett at first five and Damian McKenzie at fullback. And then when McKenzie got yeah. injured... That's when they pivoted to, you know, Moonga at first five and Barrett mm. at fullback, this, the dual playmaking system. So just one question on Damian McKenzie. Where do you see him in terms of the All Blacks? Do you think he'll be a starting fullback or do you think he'll just be a squad guy or where do you guys see him in the future? I know there's still a lot of rugby to be played between now and then, obviously. I think it's hard to, because we've got a new coach now for All Blacks. So I'm not sure what his plan is, you know. Yeah, I was just speaking to him the other day and he told me... Um, <laughs> Told me that he, yeah, he's uh, Fozzie, him and Fozzie have been having some coffees and lattes together. So um, I reckon Mackenzie, he's, he's in the mix, definitely in the squad, um, the wider squad. But I reckon he can sit, they're still working on him as a 10. He's got potential at 10, but with Aaron Cruden, I think he's going to alleviate him for of that pressure. And he's got more time and space when he's at fullback. And before his injury, he was carving up at fullback and I think that's his position and then if we look at look further afield to the All Blacks that's where he'll be in contention with the likes of Geordie Barrett even a Bowden Barrett who can you know chop and change between the two so he's definitely I reckon he's a squad member where he fits in um, and, and how many times he's going to play for the All Blacks as a starter um, will be, you know, some of the... He's young. He's still young. He's probably still got a couple of World Cups in him. Who knows, next World Cup, he might look further afield and go abroad, but at least one more World Cup out of McKenzie. You know, in saying that, they, like, do you think that was a fail experiment, the duo playmaker, back in the World Cup? No, no. So no, they're no. not going to pursue it again? I, I think they will. I, I don't think it was a failed experiment because in 2018, the year before the World Cup, they went on the European tour. They lost to Ireland. And they didn't even score a try. And they almost lost to England. They probably should have lost that game. But, you know, they got out of jail and they only scored one try. So they came away from the 2018 tour realizing that the attack was not working. And that's how the dual playmaking system was born out of that realization. So they were always going to do it. But I think they were going to go for McKenzie at 15 and Barrett at 10 and as the, the two playmakers. And so Jordy, Not only because Jordy can also play anywhere in the midfield, to the wings and fullback. So, yeah. so both of them, I think McKenzie and Geordie Barrett, they, they'll be looked at as utility players and who can cover. And so someone that's a specialist winger or a specialist fullback will miss out to the likes of those two. Mm. Anything you add there, Joey? 
No, I agree. Um, and I also think, in the eyes of uh, Fozzie, McKenzie's his son, and you know, Roger <laughs> mentioned that they're having they're having coffee, coffees and lattes together. I actually saw them up the road from where I live right now. Oh, we're having coffee at, with them um, too, Joey. Oh, no, I saw them. I saw them at my my local cafe up the road. They um, they love it. So that's a son. McKenzie's actually his son. So. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts McKenzie over Geordie. You, you know, that's in interesting. That's interesting you mentioned because Mong is going to make it, obviously, and Bowden Barrett's going to make it, and I think Geordie Barrett's going to make it. So they've got already three guys who can do a similar role that McKenzie can do is that that playmaking sort of fullback first five. So are they going to pick a fourth guy to do that role? And that's sort of the reason why I brought the question up is last year I thought he would, was a guarantee and this year I don't even know if he makes the squad because they've got that many guys who can do that same role so you know yep, un- unfortunately someone will miss out but I reckon the elusiveness and the damage that and the impact that a McKenzie brings you know unpredictability being able to go, cut through the smallest of gaps at his speed that's that's where his um, uh, you know just someone that's making something out of nothing can be included in the likes of a, in an all-black squad. But I hear what you're saying, Stace, because you got a Geordie Barrett, talented as anything as well, great under the high ball. Um, but there, there are flaws to his game, that's the thing. There are flaws yep. to uh, to Geordie's game, but like everyone else, but I think the excitement that McKenzie brings to any squad, I think it's really hard to leave him out, and it has to take something like an injury for McKenzie to be left out. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, well, it's interesting times. Right, boys, some good stuff there on the Chiefs. So we'll continue to move further south to the bottom of the uh, the North Island there and brings us to the Hurricanes. So, Joey, I'll come to you first, mate. What's your thoughts on the on the Hurricanes for the upcoming season? The Canes. It's a weird one, the old Canes. I think they're not doing as well as they could. They're not doing as well as they could or should. But then again, few players have left since last season. Um, there's no there's no Bowden Barrett and... Uh, there's no coach John Plumtree. There's no Artie at the moment. Um, and who else is there? Um, well, they've still got Lomape. They've still got Geordie. Who else have they got? That's basically it, eh? Those are the only two names that are quite active at the moment with, with um, the Canes. So um, even though they're welcoming back Artie, he's the only real firepower that I can see in the, um, in the forwards. That, I, that comes top of mind. I do think they will end up um, being as inconsistent as ever and probably finishing just above the, the Highlanders at the end of the competition. Okay. <laughs> Our Hurricanes fans have just switched off the podcast now. <laughs> I agree with you, um, Joey. Uh, Hurricanes are a weird one. When, when um, Super Rugby first started... The newspaper pointed out that the the bottom teams will be starting with H, and I, and I still believe that. I, I reckon Hurricanes will be second to last. And um, <laughs> I saw in the newspaper that Adi Sevier is back in the he's training again. So that's a nice little boost, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's enough. So they're going to be second to last in the Blues last. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Carry on. Yeah. So um, I, I didn't look. I didn't look too much into Hurricanes, but um. It's still the same story. I think they'll they'll add Adi Severe, but I, I don't think that there will be enough. Yeah, they've got some good caliber Joey. players here, eh, Joey? Yeah, the Canes. 
Yeah, because you got Dane Coles who's sort of making his way back in. He's you know he's the outer statesman now, but at the same time mm. he I think he's got a bit of nous about him. He has has a bit of leadership quality at the same time, but then he's quite hot headed. Via Fafita, mm. I don't know whether he even gets. He's mm. probably he's in the locking stocks as well as the loose trio, but. Man, he's one man with something to prove. You know, does he just persist with New Zealand rugby or is that his dash? Has he done his dash with New Zealand in terms of the All Blacks now? He's one guy who will be happy with this new red card rule because he's a he's a red card bloody machine, man. I mean, we and we haven't even seen the Samoan acquisition of Kane Laupepe, I think. Yeah, Kane Laupepe. Laupepe, Laupepe. But... Um, I reckon Nani, like like what you're saying, Nani Lobampe. I mean, we've talked about him earlier on as well in a previous pod. Um, that he's got a point to prove after being left out last year. Does he just try and strive for that All Black jersey again? And and we can we've seen what he can do against the lesser teams, the Sun Wolves, um, and how him and Vince Russell they just run amok against a team of that uh, caliber who are not as sound on defense and probably. I think the Sunwolves went through their own sort of challenges in trying to muster up a, a proper uh, competitive team for this this their final season. Or well, now they're, they're no longer included anymore. Uh, we've seen the end of them, but you know, Ngani Lomape, can he can he do a Ma'anonu? Can he be left out of a World Cup and come back for the next? You know, that that will be the the question. Does he stay on for that long? Is he going to stick around? Um, I think the next couple of seasons will uh, will be the, you know, will we'll tell that tale and how it plays out. But, I mean, I mentioned also TJ Perinara. Um, he's got a lot to prove. He's, again, just like Brad Webber, trying to get that four-running spot of being the starting halfback. But then Aaron Smith is, is not an easy person to, you know, he's not going to give that up uh, easy. But then you got the likes of Tyrell Lomax, who was brought in um, from the Highlanders. Um, uh, one test All Black, I believe, but heaps of potential, and he could be one of the, the front row forwards of going forward with this All Black, especially towards the, the All Black team going towards the next World Cup. But then you got the likes of that the winger that they brought in from South Africa, uh, Kobus mm. Van Wyk, I think it is. Yeah. So. They've got an exciting team. Whether they can piece it all together, and um, it'll be we'll see in this next um, this new template, this new format of a competition. But I reckon the Hurricanes have got good players right around, and have to mention um, <laughs> former Blues player Scott Scrafton as well. Yeah, I think he'll be a bolter in that New Zealand 15 team. Watch the space. The Blues are going to be ruining the day they let go of Scott Scrafton. Yeah, and you know what? It's going to be interesting because um, I think the the lockdown has allowed these teams that have not been doing perform well to just reflect before the lockdown. So they might come out of the gates. Because if you look at the Warriors, what they did when they came back after their the lockdown, you know, there might be a similar sort of thing. Mm. But I also like the like of, uh, the look of um, Duplessis Carifia. He's, I mean, he's he's not. I don't. He doesn't look like a big big person, but man, he he he's not shy of getting into the the bottom of the ruck and trying to get there and, and work for their ball. And he's won a few good turnovers as well. So interesting to see how he plays out and, you know, how far he can go in, in terms of higher honours as well. But he's an interesting prospect. Well, Adi Savir's not there. 
Uh, you guys touched on all the main points. You know, I think they are hanging out for Savia. He was the he was the best player in the country last year. So if, if they can get him back, given what they've been the inconsistency, which you talked about, Joey. Mm. You know, if you can get a, a world class player back, that just adds to you know the belief within the team and hopefully improves their performance. But also, what you said about Lomape, um, Rog, I hundred percent agree with that. Mm. They've got the first fives they've got since Bowden's left. They've got uh, Jackson Garden Bishop and Fletcher Smith, and they've been insipid, man. They've been... Hold on, I think I've got a deal that's just come through. I think Oteri Beck is... Uh, <laughs> he's transferred across back to the Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, they should try, because they, they, need, they, need they need a proper first five. But uh, I don't know, they, if they can maybe... If Lomape at 12 and Perinara at, at, 10, at uh, 9 can step up and they can mm. not use the 10 as much, mm. because they, they, don't have, they don't have an elite 10 that they need, so... No, I'm really hoping that both of them can step up and help to carry the team a bit more. But you know, in saying that, Stace, like you've mentioned this on past podcasts, how you know the the team that has won Super Rugby has had a first class first five. Yeah, you know, yep. like so. And if you look at the Hurricanes first five stocks, is not. But yeah, has there been a team it. with um, two world class first fives in there? So well, that, that experiment's yep. never been uh, had. So well, that doesn't look like too good for the Blues then, if they. <laughs> I think you've got two world-class first five that's basically guaranteed the competition's already at the back. <laughs> I think they're just going to uh, overachieve too much and they're just going to cancel each other out. But I think going back with the Hurricanes as well, Stace, Cam, Joey, is that they've been a top four team for the last six years and runners-up before they won it in, in 2016 and then they've been semi-finalists ever since then. Um, so... Their form coming into this 2020 season before the lockdown was looking good, you know, promising because obviously with the loss of a lot of players, it was always going to be a rebuilding sort of season for them. But they've got history, recent history to suggest that they're a top four team, you know, so you can never discard. I mean, even if they finish second to last, they'll be a top four team this year. <laughs> you know, but I, I do think, like, if, if you take the best back they've got, which is Bowden Barrett, and their best forward, which was Adi Savi, if you take that out of basically any team, yeah, yeah. You, you, you really, it's a big drop, you know, the best back and the best forward. Yeah, so it's a massive I, I think, I think the, the, the Hurricanes are sort of feeling that that now where they've, it's not, they haven't, like, dropped off the face of the earth. They've got some, some good ones in the pre-co- uh, pre-COVID, but, you know, they're not, they're not the force they once were, like in, in recent years, as you say, just with those two world-class players that they've lost. True, true. And they're another team that needs to sort out their lineup. Um, their lineup was a bit of a shambles. Um, yeah, Scrafton. That's why they got Scott Scrafton. They got Scott Scrafton there, Joey. Yeah, well, exactly. And um, and to add to that as insult to injury, um, they had the they had five yellow cards and one red oh. in games. That, that hurts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to win a game, you got to play 15 players on the field. That's sort True. Of a, well, how that, many of those cards were Viva Fita? <laughs> and get this. There was one game where they played with 12 men for four minutes. That's right. I remember watching that game. We went to that Wasn't game. Wasn't it against the Blues? Was yeah. <laughs> we went to yeah. that game against the Blues. And the Blues just won that one. <laughs> I think we should establish that the Hurricanes put a, have a hand in the, having that red card rule uh, come into play. <laughs> yeah, true. I reckon. I reckon so. True, true. And it will suit Vaya uh, Fita as well. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll ask you guys yeah. a question um, just about Lomape. 
they've got um, like just another All Blacks question. So they've got um, you've got Rico Yuani who can cover the midfield. Anton Leonard Brown and Jack Goodhue obviously make it. Um, they've got um, Braden Enor as well. There's some real depth there in the midfield. So do you think Lomape gets in there again? Like there's already four midfielders that I've mentioned. So I mean, so he's a different type of. He's not as I don't think he has a similar. Sk- the same skill set as those players that you've mentioned, like a Jack Goodyear, uh, Braden Enor. Braden Enor obviously can play wing as well. Um, but if you look back a, a few seasons, Matlomape is like a Santutupo mold, similar just a, a bash and ram, similar to what Ma'a used to be, but then he evolved over the seasons as he got older and more mature. Um, uh, worked on his game so he wasn't so one-dimensional. At the moment, I think that's all that uh, Ngani has. But then we've seen the odd grubber come in, the odd chip from Ngani, especially this year. So who knows? Oh. He's, he's probably working on that in order to widen his skill set <laughs> so he can perform um, and, and under under certain different pressures and that, But um, oh. other than just a crash and bash. But we know what he can do with his power and his speed. But whether he can add to that, that'll distinguish whether he will probably stick around. And and I guess if he doesn't evolve or mature, according to what the All Blacks plans, um, we could see him go abroad and maybe not persist. Because why? Why persist? Why bother if he's not going to be in the, in the in the mix or in the plans of the ABs? Depending on what they want out of a player, but then okay. having someone as as destructive as Nani in close quarters. Yeah, you take him any other day, but again, it depends on what Fozzie and, and Co want. Yeah, I reckon he'll go offshore. He'll take a big contract, I think. Mm. And I'm, I'm just basing that on the fact that, look, he's a guy that was left out from the World Cup. Who was the backs coach that left him out? The current head coach. <laughs> so, <laughs> fair point. Why would he yeah, stay and take more of that kind of punishment? Yeah. And, you know, he's. He's got some potential to earn some serious money in Japan or, say, France. Yeah. Or, you know, because the longer he leaves it as a former All Black, the the lower mm. his value is overseas. Yeah. So um, if he can capitalise on that now and go, well, he's, he's, a, he's a recent mm. former All Black, then, yeah, yeah there's, there's, he can get top dollar. But the English, the English crowd would love him. They would love his style. Yep, yep, that's it. I reckon one of the reasons why Lamapi was out of the World Cup because of – Ryan Crotty. And if Ryan Crotty... Yeah, Ryan Crotty's white. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and also him being um, a one-dimensional sorry, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, but then um, because Ryan Crotty was there, because now you got the likes of Jack Goods, you uh, Brandon Eno, um and yeah. Anton Leonard Brown as, as well, because Anton's not just about... He can do the smash and bash, but then he's mm. he's got a whole range of skills that mm. he can bring to the fore as well. So, yeah, you got all these other centres that can... Uh, do the role of a 12, but also a 12 that can kick and chip and not just distribute or bash. I think if Ryan Crotty wasn't there, Lamapi would have made the team, but he would have been just a round-robin player. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think I think you guys have touched on the main points, but the, the, probably one of the big issues with Lamapi compared to everyone else is he's basically a specialist 12. Mm. Whereas if you look at Goodhue and Leonard Brown and, and even Rico Ioane, who can play a bit of wing, all the other guys are... Midfield sort of utility, so you can pick them and chop and change them as you need. Whereas if Lomape, if he's not the starting twelve, can yeah. you just carry a specialist twelve? That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah, so you got to be 
far above. Yeah, that, that's, know, that's where Nonu had his advantage, even though he was basically at 12, at towards, particularly towards the end of his career. But he was by far the best 12, so he was an automatic pick. Yeah, that's it. Um, and here he needs to either get to that point where he's a automatic pick to start at 12 mm. or develop into, um, you know, a few more strings to his bow to it. Yeah, that's it. And that'll come with time. And how much time does he want to invest into staying around, you know, for for an all-black jersey? Who knows? I guess time will tell. Mm-hmm. Any more words on the Canes before we, we move to the South Island? Second to last. Second to last, please. Second to last. Yep. Fourth. Whew. It's a tough, <laughs> tough, tough committee here, boys. Dang. Fourth in a five-horse race. <laughs> We just lost. We just lost half the fans. <laughs> just so you, you guys, you guys come Wellington have shut out. <laughs> All right, Sorry, boys. Okay. Enjoy. Yeah, we'll move, we'll move to the South Island. Then, um, team of the top. Auckland's the South real Island. capital, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move to the um, yeah, the the, the top half of the South Island. So the Crusaders. You know, Kemp's, um How you how you seen the Crusaders? You know what? Um, Crusaders have been quiet, but do you know why? Because it's just business as usual. I think they're just Crusaders are just the Crusaders. You just can't um, sleep on them, eh? Like still strong, still strong. And, and I think Will Jordan. I think he's back, isn't he? I yeah, mean, yep, yep. He's had enough time to um, recover from his injury. So I think their backline is stacked, man. Their backline mm-hmm. is stacked. So those guys are ready to go away. Those guys are ready to go, and I think they're going to ha- cause problems for for everyone in New Zealand. Well, you mentioned Will Jordan. Uh, he just came out of nowhere. And Severis sort of came out of nowhere, got in the All Blacks. And this year they've had a guy, uh, Fainganuku, mm. on the wing, who's just, you know, he's come and hit the ground running. So you're right. I don't know. There's going to be some good players who miss out. What's his first name? Which one? Lester. Lester. Because he's got a brother that plays with the Highlanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Rog, Rog, any thoughts on the, the Crusaders? Yeah, there? N- well, not much to add from what Cam's has said. But yeah, can never sort of. Um, take for granted what the Crusaders bring. I mean, they've got the new guys in uh, Christie. What's his first name? Tom, 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 Christie? Tom, Tom Christie. So he's, he's, he's sort of a standout loose forward for me, someone that sort of had to wait his turn for the likes of McCaw and Matt Todd to, to, to retire or to move on. So he's now come to the fore and he's, he's, he's had a few starts. Um, could be another future All Black in the in the Lucy's there for from the Crusaders, but then also you've got, as you mentioned, uh, Fying uh, Nuku, uh, Will Jordan and Severis. I think I think he's got a bit to prove as well because yep, he's come off a standout year last year, breaking into the All Blacks, having an awesome Super Rugby season, and you know with the higher honours that are up for grabs at the end of the year, can he continue that form or can he you know go on to having another stellar season? And I think being all home, they no one's got an excuse of jet lag anymore, and yep. you know, reacclimatizing to different um, weather's and different countries. But he's, yeah, he's got a massive um, reputation to sort of try and keep now with what we've seen and expected of him. I don't know if he, you know, he was there and thereabouts with the Rugby World Cup last year. But at the same time, exciting what he can produce and what he did in terms of results last year. Top try scorer, was he? Yeah, I think, yeah. Mm. And mm. just the way he scores his tries, you know, the unpredictability of him. Mm-hmm. A bit like uh, <coughs> Damien McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Nice, Joy. Joy, I'll come to you, brother. What's your any thoughts on the Crusaders? Well, um, the Jaguar rolls on. They, let's be honest, they're probably going to take it out again <sighs> for for the people. Yeah. Um, unless unless the Blues, you know, really turn it around. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite nice that they've got um, old Sammy come back into the fold. Yeah. Yep, from. Instant. Mm. He's the guy that should have the captaincy over Sam Kane. But yeah. No, I just um, I don't agree with that. He's only just come back, but you know, what ifs? So yeah, yeah, like you said, Rog, Tom Christie's one to look out for. He's mm. he's a good one. Callum Grace is another. Um, yep. Obviously, Richie cool. Mulner, he's he's good, and Jack Goodhue. Those are the four names that I pick from. You know, the crop, the current crop. I guess. They need, um, it's quite timely that Sam Whitlock's come back because he can now add to the leadership. Bob Barrett, who's a skipper, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no arguments on that one. Um, like, he sort of got it from nowhere, but yep. Scott Robertson, um, obviously, likes Yep, we see something there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is choosing locks as, or tall guys as your as your leaders, but whatever. Um, it would have been Whitelock if... Uh... Scott Robinson became coach. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's another good point there. Yeah, right. true. True. That's true. So, yeah, um, they've got, what, 10 championships? This could be nine. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That is an interesting debate that you'd have with uh, an All Blacks coach, uh, captain, sorry, in rela- relation to Whitelock versus Sam Kane. I don't know. With, with, <laughs> Whitelock just having his sabbatical or having a stint in Japan, maybe that's it's uh, the writings on the wall as to how long he's going to stick around for. So, mm-hmm. but I reckon because he's had um, the captaincy a couple of times um, on the odd occasion, I I sort of was geared towards him being announced as the the captain. But then on the same token, yeah. Sam Kane had you know captain three times I think prior to this announcement mm-hmm. of him becoming the captain going forward. So I guess it yeah. could have gone either way. Who knows? Maybe it would have been different if Robinson mm. was the the coach. But I guess no. Nah, I, reckon, I reckon that's a better call. Play the big part. And, um, yeah, yeah. Sam Whitelock not getting captaincy. Um, yeah, that's the yeah, only yeah. reason I put it down to was that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think because also Sam Whitelock, he he's the guaranteed and the best fifteen. Mm. Whereas you know the the year that Adi Savia had last year, was Sam Kane the best? Seven or was Adi well, that's where seven? so now they can accommodate uh, Adi because Adi can play six, seven, eight, you know. So and especially at eight with now Kieran Reed moving on, who's going to be con- uh, contending for the number eight? It's it's open season, so you got Adi Savia, but then any other bolter can come in there, you know. Because then when you include someone like a, a Luke Jacobson or even a Bushier into the trio, you know. It's it, got, it means so eight is not knuckled down on you because you've got all these sixes and seven that can play all three Lucy positions, but who's going to be your eight? Because mm. you've got Akira Ioane. Is, does he step up to the mark? Does a Hoskins uh, bolt into the team? Uh, it's, yes, it, there's so many. Oh, sheesh. No, no, no. Yeah, there's so many, um, you know, potential uh, number eights out there now. But I mean, you've got your sixes and sevens maybe settled, but then you've got utility players. Uh, that can play elsewhere in eight as well. Does Adi then become the the go to eight now? Yeah, um, you know, a Gregor Paul from the New Zealand Herald he wrote a really good piece about how Sam Kane got the captaincy, 
and he said that he got the captaincy after the All Blacks lost to England in the the World Cup semi-final last year. So they put him on the yeah. bench, and then they realised that they just didn't have any physicality in the forwards. They didn't have anyone who there could, um, you know, be strong in the t- uh, during the breakdown. He was the only top mm. All Black that they had, and they didn't realise how good he was until he wasn't there. That's it. And based on that, that's when they knew. Because you can you can see was. that difference when he's not playing for the Chiefs as well, mm. you know his defense. Sometimes it goes unnoticed because you don't yeah, realize does. what's going it does, on. Yeah. Hey, but man, when you see Sam Kane flying into a tackle, sheesh! It, it's that, that person has been tackled. He knows he's been tackled yeah. by Sam Kane. Yeah, and he's a big boy too. Yeah, he's, mm. he's he's he doesn't look that big, but he's a big unit. Yeah. Like yeah, when when McCall was the All Black captain, like he that was sort of his role. He had to be the, the flag bearer for the physicality. The All Blacks have always, you now they've always had these flashbacks and scored these amazing tries, but it's always been built on the back first and foremost of winning those physical collisions mm. and the battles and the breakdown and everything. That's been yeah. at the forefront of everything. And Sam Kane has basically been the the best forward that they've got in that area. And if you're the captain, yeah, you've got to be the flag bearer for the physicality. You've mm. got to set the example. And that's sort of as McCallness, if I, if that's even a word of of what he brings to the captaincy. So I think, you know, Greg Paul, he mentioned it quite well. That, that was the clincher. They decided right there and then when they lost that semi-final, yeah. Sam Kane's going to be our captain. He's going to set the example that we need. And I think that's, you know, he, he's he's just like uh, an ambassador for taking the hard knocks, you know, the no-nonsense, go-forward guy. And yeah. there's a lot of memes that have come out using Sam Kane when he's bleeding, you know, showing the warrior player that he is, especially when it's versus soccer or football and how hard a player or men are, he, he he's, he's chucked up there as that that poster boy for that, just for that very, uh, the nature of his game. He doesn't care whether he's bleeding, he'll come off when he's forced off, but man, he just keep on going until he can't go anymore, but yeah. Nice, nice. It's the nice. Chiefs to win. <clears throat> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So we got a bit sidetracked there, but the Crusaders, <laughs> the Crusaders. Yeah, we don't. I know we oh, don't, okay, no Crusaders. Oh, shucks, I thought we were talking no about the Chiefs talk again. Too much about the Crusaders, but yeah, I think everyone touched on the main points. They, they are a juggernaut. They will always be a juggernaut. It's a testament to their the culture of that team, where you know they can bring in guys like you mentioned, Tom Christie. You mentioned Cullen Grace there, um, Joey. Just guys who um, sort of come in their first season. And they look like potential All Blacks straight away. Exactly. And there's something about the culture at the Crusaders. Crazy. And if you've got that culture, similar to like the Melbourne Storm and these other top teams, you'll sort of always be in the mix even when you have mm. high turnovers of players. Just because you embed them in the culture and they believe straight away and then they can hit the ground running. So, But then you also got to factor in the lockdown. Other teams will be prepared now. Hope, yep. they, they know mm. what, what Colin Grace brings now, you mm. know? Yeah, but that's the thing. But the caliber of players. So you're looking at the Hurricanes as well. They've lost so many play, or you know, massive players like in the in the Bowden Barrett, and you know, Adi's been Adi, off. Adi been off. So taking those two players out, I mean, it's almost like a rebuilding year for the Hurricanes. But then you look at the Canes. They lose their captain, uh, Kieran Reid, and and say, haven't had Sam Whitelock yet. They can still turn out the results. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just Ryan Crowley's gone. Ryan Crowley. You think, um, yeah, Matt Todd. You think, oh. Most that teams that lose Crusaders that kind back. of experience, yeah. you know, you'd think they'll be rebuilding, but nah, not the Crusaders. But like mm-hmm. Waterman, actually. <clears throat> Carry on. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying there? I think, like, that's a big deal that there's a big break in between the season. You know, like, it's never been done before, if you think about it. No. It's never no. been done before. Like, coaches have to prepare for the next game in a week. But mm. we're talking about months, a yeah. couple of months. 
So th- this brings another dynamic that I don't think we haven't seen. We haven't seen before, definitely, but we don't know what it does. Yeah, you know, as a I mean. Blues fan, you're not making me nervous. So I, was, I was talking our team up, but no. Like I said, Cam was nervous factor. right from the beginning of 2020. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and rightly so, because yeah, good point. Because that good break, point. man. That if you don't think if you don't think anything about that break, that break is a big deal. There's disadvantages and advantages of that break for teams that have yeah. teams that down at the bottom of the table and teams at the top of the table too. There's momentum. We just don't know what what it does. We just don't know what it does. We can take a piece out of the NRL. Like, we can look, look at what the Warriors did to um, St. George Dragons and think, okay, you know, is that, was the break, did the break do anything? Yeah. Another way, another team as well, like the the Roosters had quite a poor start, but they're the two-time defending champs. Mm. Then the break comes in and they've, they've just torched two teams and you think, you know what, they're showing their real caliber. So maybe you're right, this could be the Crusaders coming back and showing you who's the boss like the Roosters are doing. Hopefully not because I can't stand them, but, um, <laughs> you know, time will tell. Right. You boys got any last words on the Crusaders before we run our last team? All right, boys. Next. Next. <laughs> right, boys, we'll move on to the um, the bottom of the South Island there, so the, the Highlanders. The Highlanders. Highlanders, oh, Joey, mate. I'll get you to jump in. I think we should end the podcast. <laughs> Joey, Joey, we're losing fans every time you talk, Joey. <laughs> uh, carry on, carry on. Oh, seven weeks of problems with those guys. Um, you'd, you'd hate to be the Brumbies who were the only win in that seven weeks, although some injected energy and power and uh, class and near Milner scudder. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yep. Just joined the ranks, so that's some much needed firepower. But obviously, he's not going to win it on his own. He's going to have to have, you know, the the help of the likes of who Joshuaane, who's moved to second five out of first five, where he's I think he's better at first five. Agreed. I don't know. I don't know why Aaron managers moved him out. Whatever. What is going on with this franchise? You know, they've they've gone a few seasons where they did well, and now they've they're just looking like bottom feeders. They're looking like scrap barrel type of franchise. They're making New Zealand rugby look bad. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to all the Highlander fans there, but um, look, there's a few things that they need to work on. They just need to work harder for longer. They need to, um, I don't know. I, I think they need to work on every facet of the game and add a bit of grunt into it and have some leadership players who have been there a while but then again who do you think of when you think of leadership in that in their current squad but um anyway my my prediction is fifth <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> rog rog it's your take i think uh when you speak about leadership and i think you've obviously got the ones like yep joshua one first five second five they got mitch hunt who's supposed to fill that first five void but then I, th- I think there was always going to be a tough season for them. No Ben Smith. Um, they lost Lomax to the Hurricanes. And, you know, uh, who did they lose? Liam Squire. Liam Squire. Um, Elliot Dixon. <coughs> They've had a few guys go abroad and yeah, retire. Jackson Himopo is another one who lived. Jackson Himopo who took a se- You know, he was a, a massive blow for the Highlanders, I reckon, because, mm. he, you know, he was just coming into his own. Um, he was. In terms of the All Blacks as well. Had a standout season making the All Blacks. And New Zealand 
Mouldy All Blacks. Um, but yeah, it's just they lost so many players. Then you got Waisaki. Oh no, <laughs> Naholo. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say so. <laughs> <laughs> they, they could probably use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you go through and then and look at who they had lost, um, they they've lost quite a bit of experience, and especially Ben Smith was the the massive one. Uh, but they have still got the likes of Aaron Smith, who's who's, who's there who we've mentioned already in this podcast in relation to halfback contention with Weber and TJ Perinara, the usual suspects. But then you've got Jesse Parete, who moved from the Chiefs down down there. He's been able to come into their locking ranks. You know, he's a, he's a loose forward, but they've got him at lock as well. I don't know about the impact that he's had there. He's had a couple of good... Um, rounds for me for the Rocky Soliola Cup prior to lockdown. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, just uh, I think they've had a few. Uh, and then off, obviously with Lynch, Lynch's, James Lynch's getting injured as well. they got Dylan Hunt and the Lucy's there too. But, yeah, I'm not too sure about their their chances. I didn't see them as uh, in terms of the, the normal Super Rugby format. I didn't want them to be the fifth-ranked New Zealand team. On what they showed prior to lockdown, it could be leaning towards that way. But I was just trying to prove a point and hopefully um, be able to counter what the public has thought of them, uh, especially the Hurricanes as well, being the two um, teams starting with H at the bottom. So I guess time will tell. We'll see you in the next 16 weeks. Well, if they do move up the two teams starting with H, the next team on the list starts with a C. Roger's saying, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you want them to move up? <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying, uh, I reckon the Highlanders, they've been in contention in the top eight the last several seasons. So yep, going back to 2015 when they won, and they've been in quarterfinals, the beaten quarterfinals finalists since 2017 mm. up until last year. So, I mean, they've, you know, and that's higher than what the Blues have been able to <laughs> turn out in the last several years. So. Uh, <laughs> And, oh, and, but despite the fact that they've got a gun team on paper right now, the Blues, who knows? Who knows? Can the can the Highlanders? Because what I'd be interested, I was hoping that the Highlanders would turn it around, especially in the in this next portion of the Super Rugby. But now is going. We're not resuming that normal format, and it's it's come down to this back to zero, back into the starting blocks, and it's yeah. Can they come out and change their fortunes from what they've shown us so far this year? They've got a bit of they've had a bit of time, just like everyone now. Everyone's had a bit of time to reevaluate and and see how they're gonna assess going forward. And so but it'll be a good competition, I believe. And I think the Highlanders, they'll be a they're a no nonsense team. They won't give up easily. They'll be in there to the end and I'm 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 thinking they're gonna finish higher than fifth. Ooh, good call, yeah. Kevin, what's your, what's your take? Yeah, you know, I, I haven't got much to add. I, I think I agree with all you guys. I think you guys covered it all with the <laughs> Highlanders. But but for me, like, I think the addition of uh, Milner Scudder in there adds a bit of, uh, you know, excitement to watch the to watch them play. Mm. Like, uh, even though I know they're going to be last, at least, <laughs> <laughs> at least, they'll be sort of exciting to watch, you know? You know, it's not, it's not like a turn the, turn the channel off when the Highlanders are on TV, you know? Yeah. You know, um... So hopefully, um, Milner Scudder gets a chance to um, jump on the field. Um, I'm a big um, Josh Iwani fan, and yes. I'm, I was disappointed that um, Mitchell Hunt went there because um, that meant that Josh Iwani went to second five. I'm just wondering, 
I would lo- I love to watch him play um, first fives just to come off the back of the um, the World Cup and his, his lead up to the World Cup in that position. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think it's just in previous form. Just going back, <laughs> previous form. Uh, the reason why I put it in contact with the Highlanders, yeah, they've been quarterfinalists since they won it in 2016. If you compare that to the Blues coming into this year, all the way back to 2011 was the last time that the Blues made the semi-finals. They've finished twelfth, tenth twice, fourteenth, eleventh, ninth. 14th and 13th in chronological we've, order we've moved on, up Roger. until last year. So I'm just like putting it in context as to why I say the Highlanders... Let's go memorise it. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Who memorises those kind of stats? <laughs> oh, I, I've written them down. <laughs> you know, there's a Blues Haters Facebook page, Roger, right? <laughs> no, no, the admin no, on there. No, I'm just like trying to put it in the context. I've just got stats and facts here. That's all I'm going off, you know. Hopefully, you know, they've obviously proven us wrong. They had a stellar start in that initial stage prior to the lockdown, but can they carry it on? Yep. Can they come out? Because going on those stats, they were fifth. Yeah. They were fifth out of the New Zealand teams. Uh, you guys touched on the main points. I, I like what um, you guys mentioned, uh, Kems and Joey, about Josh Shuwani and, and you, Rog. He needs to go back to 10. So mm. he played a game for the All Blacks last year as the third choice first five. That's how yes, highly yes. he was rated. And then, for some reason, Mitch Hunt's come in, and that's thrown a spanner throughout their whole team. Yeah. Yeah. So they had Josh McKay, who was their fullback, and he is a converted first five. So they were going to run the dual playmaking system with you know the first five calling the shots, and Josh McKay at fullback as a secondary playmaker. But once Josh Shiwani went to second five, he became the secondary playmaker. And Josh McKay was sort of stuck in limbo. He didn't have a really role. There's no... You can't have a third playmaker, or it just doesn't work. So he that whole system stuffed up their, their back line. And another thing which they had over all the other teams, I thought, was they had a the only established midfield, right? So the Blues, the Blues lost Sonny Bill Williams and Ma'anonu from last year. And the Chiefs had Quintu Paya, who's played the most minutes at centre. That's a new midfield combination. Um, the Canes lost Proctor, so they're having a new combination. And the Crusaders have lost Ryan Crotty. So the, it, all the other four teams have got a new midfield combination, except for the Highlanders, in theory. If they stuck with their preferred midfield of Tay Warden and uh, Rob Thompson, they could have had uh, an advantage of having you know, an established midfield, uh, established halves with um, you know Aaron Smith and Josh Shawani at 10. And you know that, that, that was um, some continuity that, which they would have had over all the other franchises. But they stuffed it up by putting shoehorning Mitch Hunt in there for some reason. I think that the uh, Aaron May just talked about it. He has admitted that he made a mistake. So they, I think they will put Joshua back to tw- uh, back to 10 and they'll prick their preferred midfield and then have Mulder at fullback. So I think they'll have a better backline and I think that they will improve. If they're going to improve enough to get off the bottom, I mean, we'll see. So... Yeah, that's my take on mm. well. So I rate, I rate yeah. Mitch Hunt. Uh, I don't know whether it's just something they just haven't gelled down there where he's been in, 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 um, injected into that first five uh, role because he was a he was a not so bad player when he was up at the Crusaders, but obviously he had he was behind Richie Monga, so he had to move further afield to try and get some game time. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go and whether Joshua Ne does come back to ten because I think that's. If he's going to make the All Blacks, he'll be making it in that 10 jersey and that's yeah. a special role for him. But maybe he's mm. trying to add, you know, to being a utility player as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, good, good point there, Roger. 
That's yeah. I think it's hard. It's a team like the Highlanders to get continuity when it's obvious that, judging by their stats, they are um, they have a stat for being the least likely Super Rugby team to finish seven phases of play. Putting seven phases together is typical of a Super Day and Age, and they are the least likely. In fact, they were only able to do that 1.8 times per match on average. And that speaks to not having good loose forwards. It speaks to not having a good pack who can continue the phases over and over and over and get clean ball for the backs. Sure, it's all well and good swapping the backs around to what they should be. But Lucy's are rubbish. That's where the focus needs to be, not on not the, the changes in 12 and 10, even though those, those changes are probably good. Yeah, they need to really figure out what their Lucy's. Yeah, one thing I'll say is they had uh, they've got Tony Brown who's the the backs coach. So if I rewind back to the the World Cup last year, Japan, I thought were the best attacking team at the whole World Cup, and Tony Brown got a lot of credit for that. He was he was the attack coach there, and he they were hoping that he could do that at the Highlanders, and they try to play this. A uh, real expansive game, sideline to sideline game, based similar to what Japan tried to play. It hasn't worked because I think they haven't got the the backline mix right, and I I, I think that also um, stifles the face play. You're trying to play sideline to sideline all the time. It's sort of a high risk, high reward game where if it comes off, you can get a lot of points and a lot of tries and exploit the space. But if it doesn't, you're susceptible to you know potential turnovers on on the face play. So. And even uh, just going back to the Ngani Lomapi, just hearing of Joshua at second five is like, and you, you, you talk about a Ngani Lomapi at 12, they're very different players. Mm. And so mm. they add different mm. um, aspects to the attack, let alone defence, with uh, Joshua moving out to second five. But hey. Well, well, they got Aaron Major. He's the coach there. Mm. And if you think of the type of second five he was, he was That's the right. Joshua He was, was a similar. He was similar. Yeah, very similar to Joshua Wani's so, style. So that's probably why he looks at him and thinks, yeah, this guy, I like this <laughs> you guy. You could be like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice, boys. Anything more to add on the Highlanders before we move on to our, our next section? Last place. <laughs> We're going to have lots of people starting the podcast and there's a case on. A lot of people just switching off, guys. If it, if it makes it sound any better, five out of five. <laughs> Fifth place. Top we'll, five, say, top we'll, five. we'll say fifth place. That sounds a bit better. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the five horse race. <laughs> All right, boys. So this next section I've called nuts on the line. So we're going to have some bold predictions and put our nuts on the line. And when we do a um, sort of a super rugby Aotearoa review at the end of the season, I would like to get all the same the same panel on again and we'll revisit some of these uh, predictions and see how we all went. You know, so... Uh, Right, so the first the first prediction I want from the boys, competition winner. Who's gonna who's gonna win? Chiefs. Who's gonna win the Super Rugby Aotearoa comp? Rog, so you, so I'll, I'll let you go first. You jumped in. No, give, just, me, give me a um, um, and, and putting a aside my bias hat and uh, my Chiefs fan. Say um, it, say it. Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Just because uh, of the exciting team that they are, they've proven they come out of the blocks. And, yep, I know that they sometimes are slow out of the blocks, but then they can finish strong um, in the second half. I think, for me, they're, they're a team that 
you know, in in terms, not only just because I'm a fan of the Chiefs, I love the Chiefs, uh, but just because of what they offer. Uh, they've got a strong forward pack. They've got some good loose uh, forward trio. And if they can get the mix right, because they've got a, a wealth of loose forwards that they can got there, and that's not even including Luke Jacobson when he comes back in. With Carpick, you've got Sam Kane. Um, then you've got Boucher as well. Just those three alone, uh, a lot of go forward and a lot of um, um, dynamic play from an, 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 an um, exciting loose forward trio. But yeah, then you've and, got and a, a depowering of the lineup as well. As a result <laughs> but of that, then you've got Gus Sawakula as well, who you add into the mix there as well, who's who's going to be six or eight. Um, mm. But just because I think they're due another championship, old Chiefs. Um, that's why I'm choosing them and. What they add in the backline, you know, you just have to go through their backline. You've got uh, the likes of Anton Leonard Brown, Damian McKenzie, and Aaron Cruden. Seeing him come in against the Blues when he, they injected him in that second half, it's like he's walking on water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, okay, we've got more fans switching off because too much eats on them. <laughs> 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 So like Kemp, I'll come to you, brother. What's your, have you got a prediction for for a winner? Yeah, um, you know, I'm a big Blues fan. You know, my heart is always with the Blues every year. You know, but I'm 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 gonna speak it with my mind this time, and I'm going with the. <laughs> hey man, nah, I'm at because I know, I know just you know what I know. You know, I know all these Blues fans out there. They're optimistic now because Blues have been done well. They've been doing well. But you know what? I think you need need to do well a couple of times. You know they're doing well this year, but I need they need another year to do this and another year. So they're the wizards, right? They're the wizards <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, but compare because I'm going for the Crusaders, right? <laughs> compared to how many championships Crusaders have for the years, like they set the standard in Super Rugby for years. So it's hard to come out of the blue and beat beat the Crusaders. So so uh, I think Crusaders will win this one. Oof, my heart hurts a little bit with that prediction there. Joey, Joey, I'll get you to jump in, man. You've got a prediction for a winner? Ah, for the winner. Um, just like Cam, I am a blues man through and through, uh, especially living here in Chiefs country, uh, where I'm surrounded by Chiefs fans all over the show, even in my own house. Um, it's no surprises you're in, in the city of the future there. Um, again, you know, I really want the Blues to win, and unfortunately, they will be pipped in the final to the Crusaders. <laughs> hey, is your daughter got her pajamas? That's recycled Blues jerseys there that you're making your pajamas with, there, Joey. <laughs> New South Wales Blues. <laughs> Waratahs Blues. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Crusaders, eh? Crusaders. Oh, yeah, Crusaders are, are going to win Oof. against the Blues. You know, I, I understand the pick because the the head does say the Crusaders. And when I'm looking at my notes here, I also had the Crusaders. But I wrote my notes prior to the GOAT signing to the Blues. And that oh, yes. one signing <laughs> just flips the switch a little bit. Didn't make a change for these two. <laughs> didn't make a change. And I think the That's Blues have enough, That's point. That's enough firepower now that they, they can uh, put the Crusaders. You guys bring up some good points about, you know, something to be said about having um, you know championship pedigree. And I agree with that to a point. And if we had finals, 
I think the Crusaders will show their class and their experience of winning finals. But with no final series and a straight round robin, who can win the most? I think the Blues can win that type of scenario. Finals, if just like final the World Teens. I would have definitely gone the Crusaders with you guys. But I think the Blues, they've shown enough. And that's a head and heart pick. So I'm jumping on the, I'm jumping on the Blues as well. <laughs> Be quiet. That's just your heart, mate. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, boys. I think we've got most of the answers here. But we'll get a prediction for the wooden spoon. Who's going to, who's going to come last? Right, John, can you go first again, mate? Blues. <laughs> you know, the, uh, I'm saying that I'm saying that with the utmost respect. I'm we saying to edit three quarters of your comments. Some of them. I'm saying that with the utmost respect. This is the reason. So you guys are setting yourselves up for massive disappointment, bringing in the likes of Bowden Barrett, who hasn't even taken the field for the Blues, bringing in the likes of Daniel Carter at the last, the last minute. Again, we haven't even seen him take the field. Who has watched him playing in in France? Who's watched him playing in in Japan? He he got player he got player of the year in that Japan. Okay, uh, thing. So he's still got some something. Okay, but even if it doesn't work out from there, he can still put Bodie. So Bodie. playing in Japan, that's like playing in the Heartland Championship or something, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, okay, fair point, fair point, Derek. No, no, no. They got a, they got a decent championship up in Japan. I can't ridicule that, but I think it, it, you know. I guess time will tell. We'll see how they perform. They've got. Already got some good uh, squad members here in Aotearoa Black, so it'll just see how they gel together. Who's going to be missing out? Someone's going to be missing out. Obviously, Dan Carter's just been brought in for purposes of uh, covering injury. Whether he takes the field, how many games is he going to play? How many minutes is he going to play? Is he just going to be coming off the bench to probably be that that uh, match winner, taking that final snatch at it? Who knows? But um, it'll be interesting to see. But I just reckon that the Blues will not have it in the gas tank, I don't think, this year. Not only to, to win it, but I think their form that they've shown prior to the lockdown is not going to continue, and this this format is not going to be to their advantage. It'll be to their detriment. Nice. Kim, who you got there for the spoon? I'm giving the spoon to uh, Highlanders. I think there has to be something said about um, a brand-new team starting off a brand-new season, and you just got to gel. And you've got to play play together enough games, you know, to be used to playing each other. And like I think the Highlanders, they're they're like a they're like out of all the New Zealand franchises, they're the team that has the the most new new players. Right, good points. But that's what. But with the Highlanders, but then just they they didn't have the the opportunity to make a comeback in that what they normally would do in a because seven weeks in. There was still another nine weeks to play if we were to resume your normal uh, table, mm-hmm. uh, normal schedule. So there was a chance they were, yep, they were the bottom of the New Zealand teams. We'll guess we'll never know how how they would have progressed from there on. But I, I hear what you're saying, though, Kim. I hear. I, I'm, I guess I'm I'm being more optimistic with the Highlanders, seeing that they were gonna be able to mm. then find and maybe this this lockdown is gonna work in their favour where. Now they've been able to muster some sort of energy enough for the team to be able to progress forward, and who knows? I'm 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 letting them finishing at fourth. And 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 that was the same reason why I didn't choose the Blues to win it because the Blues that's a new team as well. But I think they're doing better than the Highlanders. So yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point on the Blues actually. Uh, Joey, what do you got for the spoon? The Mighty Landers. Yeah. <laughs> 
mighty landers for the spoon. Well, they can't be mighty if they got the spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is a spoon mighty? Is the they got the mighty spoon? Was it the mighty mighty landers for the spoon? <laughs> nah, they're done. Um, I can see them turning it around a little bit, but not enough to pip the canes for fourth place. Good point. You know, you, know uh, you guys read some really good points about the Blues, which I hadn't really considered. On paper, they've got the team to do it, but can they get the team to gel enough in the, you know, the eight-week sprint is, is another question. So, you know, I take your point there, Rog and, and Kim's. But I'm for the spoon. This is actually a really good segment because we've got quite a mix. I've actually gone for the Hurricanes. I think the Hurricanes are going to get the spoon. The losses that they've lost since last season are too great for them to overcome. I don't think the forward pack is anywhere near good enough. And they haven't oh, got a backline conductor. In terms of players. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Dane Coles, you know, he's turned into a niggle machine. He's always been a niggle machine, but he's always been able to, his play has always outshone that. And now it's not doing that anymore. And he just looks like a, a niggler. I, I don't think their forward pack's up to it. And they haven't got the backline conductor at 10 to spark something mm. behind a beaten forward pack. So I think they're going to have a long year. I, I do give the Highlanders some credit. I think that Aaron Major will see what what happens. But he said the right things. And the right thing for me is that he's going to move Joshua back to 10, pick his established midfield, and then have Nehemiah Niskara at fullback. And that's a far better back line. And, and I, I feel like, you know, Joey raised some good points about the Highlanders and how the forwards aren't doing the job. But I think the back line improvements can propel them to second to last. And I think the Canes will pick up the spoon. But we've got quite a mixed bag, so this is going to be a real interesting uh, review in the future. Uh, but we'll move on to the next prediction. A standout, a standout player of the tournament. So, Rog, I think you to come on. Standout Ooh. player of the tournament. Oh, well, it's a, it's a tough one to go through in my mind right now, all the players. <laughs> I think you know who it is, but you, you just don't want to say because it it's a blues. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me it'll be at a Luke Bushier versus a Mark Tillier. Yeah, I knew it. I knew he was gonna go for Mark Tillier. Luke Luke Jackson. <laughs> nah, um Lachlan, sorry. Lachlan, Lachlan. Lachlan Bushier versus uh Mark Tillier mm. for because yeah, I guess there's is so many players that can be in that category, but those are the two standouts for me before the lockdown. And it'll be depending whether they uh, continue that kind of form. Nice, nice. But how you how you try and distinguish between a, lo- a loose forward and what they do? Obviously, very different to what a winger does. But you wouldn't mm. put you wouldn't put Duplessis there. I like Duplessis, uh, but um, yeah, yeah, I think he'll he'll be a standout player, I reckon. But um, yeah, Boshier, I think Boshier and Adam Martin there. But yeah, he can't be too far behind, Mister Karufi. Uh, Lachlan Boucher for me. Um, <laughs> Man, some love for Boucher. Nah, but he's been a beast, bro. He's mm. been a fucking, he has, he's been he a fucking credit, beast, man. I mean, he's he. I think he's um got the most um turnovers out of everybody right right now. And, and critical ones as well. You mm. know, like right exactly. defending the line and and he scored. Yeah. He scored. He scored tries too. He he breaks the line. Um. I think he's. I thought a stat. He's got ninety percent of his tackles. 
So, um, nah, I think. And so, just yeah. based on there, that's he's just been a beast, man. It's he's hard to beast. see him miss out on a a black jizzy of some sort <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm gonna go with oh two guys from the same team, Richie Molnar. Ooh, yeah, good pick. And Jack Goodhue. Sheesh. The reason is because he'd be playing with a pretty good forward pack who will provide him ample ball, and they'll be able to do some great things with it. Um, if I was to add a third person there, I'd go Anton there, Brown. Nice. Nice picks there, brother. You know, I like everyone's picks. You know, at this stage, it's hard to just single out one player. But because I've picked the Blues, and I've mentioned this before, if the Blues are going to be in the mix, and I think they will be, the forward pack really needs to step up. So the person that I think is going to stand up is going to be Patrick Tupolotu. He's the captain, and he's the leader, and he has to set the example for the forwards to follow. And then the back line that they've got with, you know, the GOAT, the second GOAT and Bowden, they, they can set the competition alight. But it's got to start up front with the forwards, and Patrick Tupolotu has to lead the way. And I think he will. He's that... You know, he, he made massive steps forward at that last World Cup where he established himself as a genuine, you know, international level lock. And even in the first half of the, you know, the season that ended up being cut, I thought he was he was one of the, the, the best locks that we saw going around. So I predict him to carry on that good form. And I think he's going to stand up and lead the Blues to victory. Please, Patrick, do it. <laughs> He's, yeah, not a bad call. I was thinking about Patrick Tupolotu just just recently, and yeah, he's got a lot to prove in terms of his not only for um, to claim a spot in the ABs later on in the season, but I think for the Blues franchise as well. He's done well in that first seven weeks, just as a go-to person, and he's leading from the um, the front, as you say as well, Stacey. So yeah, that's a good that's a good pick as well. All right, all right, boys. Um, we'll move on to our last prediction. So, a a bolter, a bolter for the All Blacks, or just a rookie that you think might stand out this competition? Scott Grifton. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, Luke. Luke. Uh, I mean, what I keep saying, Luke Lachlan Bush. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good mm. point. Good point. Yeah, I think he could be a bolter. But I reckon. Um, uh, Karifi could get locked in there somewhere with the New Zealand system with that uh, New Zealand 15 jersey. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. I'm going for um, Karifi as well. Oh, man. This is good. This is really good. You guys have picked a lot of people that I haven't considered, but yeah, carry on, Kips. I don't know why, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I take that back. I take that back. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'll take it. You guys are always. I'll take it. <laughs> no, no, but the, the reason why, because um, I think. I think that's what the All Blacks need right now. Some um, good uh, backup bluesies, eh? The reason why I didn't pick Mark Talia because, you know, I think All Blacks are stacked with um, with backs. Yep. And I think yep. Mark Talia, yep. he's just shown us he's just a specialist swing. And right now the back, the All Blacks need um, utilities. So mm-hmm. I think that's why he, he wouldn't be, for me, considered to be a All Black bolter. And then further to what Cam's saying, with Karifi as a selection for Cam's a bolter, I think we can just see our, our Lucy's, despite them looking like it's a wealthy wealth of um, players at the moment, but at the same time, we can see how easily they can break down. You know, you, the looks of, the likes of Sam Kane just recently just come back from a, an injury prior to the World Cup. You had Adi Savir now, and so these are the, your experienced guys 
Sam Whitelock, obviously not a Lucy, but um, when you look at those stocks yeah, who are have, have, needing to have sabbaticals, you need the younger crop now to come through. And who knows? Um, and that's where the, the Lachlan Boshia or even a, a Karifi, mm. that, that could be the backup to these. Because you need the new the new lot. They're going to be your Jordan Tofors or your Matt Todds because you're always going to be carrying three or four Lucys in any mm. squad. Nice, nice, Joy. You got, you got a, you got a selection for us. A, a bolter or just a standout rookie? I do have a, a bolter and a standout rookie. Standout rookie, I think, Cullen Grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, bolter, I'm going to throw a wild card in there. It's going to go against what everyone's been saying. Yep. So Tutu. Hoskins. Oh, I like these calls. I like these calls. Oh, yeah. Don't let me down, young Hoskins. Yep. Yeah, that's a reasoning sweep for you two guys. Tutu is if you can keep Rico um sorry, the Akira Yuane on the bench, um, someone who's had a taste of, you know, the All Blacks. Um, there's no reason why he can't use that to um, keep dominating in, you know, the eight position. Um, obviously it's a good time for him because the blues are playing well enough. Um, and hopefully they carry that on. So you'll be in the frame, I think. Um, as for Colin Grace, I just think he's uh, he's a standout. I just think he's um, he's a standout in a in a standout environment where he'll get a lot of exposure to the All Blacks coaching staff. Uh, they would have probably earmarked him for future honours anyway. So I guess it's up to both individuals to turn it on over these next ten weeks. Oh, nice. No, good call. Or more. Good call. I have also, I've also got Cullen Grace as the guy that I've, I've earmarked. Um, Sam Kane, he's got the all black captaincy. I think Adi Savia, I think you're right, Roger. I think he'll play eight. And, you know, they've lost Brady Retallick's on sabbatical and Sam Whitelock's been on sabbatical. So the locks they'll have will probably be like Patrick Tupolotu and, and Scott Barrett. So they need a six who's going to offer a genuine line option, especially if they've got um, Kane and Savia, which they will have, as the other two loose forwards. So I think that Cullen Grace at six is the perfect guy to play six for the All Blacks for that reason. He's a he's abrasive, he's strong, he's busy in the, the, the normal six role, but he's also a genuine line-out option. Another guy who I earmarked is Caleb Clark. Caleb Clark at the Blues. Oh yes, yes, yes. So I, I think you know he's he's got all the ability in the world, and mm. you've got Dan Carter and Bowden Barrett pulling the strings. They can put him in positions where he can mm. really show his show his best, and his best yeah. is pretty high. So I think you know just playing at the end of that backline, he's going to get a lot of opportunities there. Similar to what Mark mm. Tilly is probably going to get as well, but you know Mark Tilly is an obvious one. So I thought I'd chuck Caleb Clark in there as a guy who's going to really benefit from having the the changes. And the playmakers that the Blues have got, so it's always a bit of a, it's always a bit of an exciting throwback watching Caleb Clark. It's, it's like you're watching Ronnie back in the days, eh? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think the with all the picks that everyone's mentioned, I think whether they bolt this year or whether they come out in a black jersey later on this year, but I think um, in years to come, in the next few years, mm. some of those guys that we've mentioned will eventually don the all black jersey or mm. a black jersey of some sort just in recognition yeah. of the abilities that we've seen them produce already this year. Exactly. But Tom yeah, Christie is another one sure. that I reckon <laughs> just on the And it's interesting, there's a few Lucy's in the mix here because oh, yeah, Tom yeah. Christie is another one. And then when you're talking to Callum Grace, 
you know, those guys, that, again, Crusaders, they just know how to tune them out. And you've you've lost Kieran Reid, Richie McCaw in recent years. And then you've got these two already coming into the fold and um, showing their wares at the highest level in Super Rugby. So who knows? It's, it's interesting we picked, we, we did pick Lucy's because I think um, the way the game's going, like if you're going to be Lucy, you got to play all three positions, mm. Lucy positions. And be able to cover, and that's why we yeah. go back to when Adi came on, and when he got, when he went away in that Northern Hemisphere tour as just a, a kid to get experience. Right, he wasn't even playing, but he got picked to go, and then a couple of years later, they said he was too small for a seven, too small ever to be considered an eight, mm. and look where we find ourselves now. He's going to probably fit into that mold, and he's played eight for the last couple of seasons with the Canes as well as filling in with the All Blacks. Right, so we got some good predictions there, boys. We're going to get together in uh, ten weeks and we we visit these predictions. So it'll be interesting to see how everything unfolded. But um, you know, we're about to wrap up now, so I'll get some um, some just final thoughts from you guys on on you know what what you think about the whole thing. Just to wrap up, so, so Chiefs will win, <laughs> Crusaders will be second, Hurricanes I have at third, Highlanders fourth, and your dear Blues bringing up the derriere. Nice boys. Okay, Rog. Okay, need to turn his mic off. Rog, Kevin, have you got any final thoughts? Just in closing. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited for um to watch the Super Rugby again. Um, if anything to go by, like watching the NRL start up again, and the games on the first week of the NRL was they were all mean, man. Like you know, uh, so that just hyped me up for for the start of the Super Rugby. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward for the Blues to um, capitalize on their uh, momentum they did uh, before the lockdown. Keen to see um, DC yep. jump on the field in the Blues jersey and see what he does. And um, also, um, Burden Barrett. We acquired Burden Barrett at the beginning of the season. You know, he couldn't come on because he was on his uh, holiday. <laughs> he was watching I think you guys acquired him at the end of last <laughs> season, eh? At the end of last season. <laughs> And just be you waiting know, for so, him to come. <laughs> so you know, exactly, exactly. We've been waiting for him to come on, put that jersey on, and now we get the chance. You know, lockdowns happened. We couldn't do anything about that. Everyone else has um, got their chance to get the, over their injuries. So I think, I think what you're gonna see, you know, you know what, you're gonna see like an even. I think it's gonna be even, even competition. I think, I think that um, there will be surprises. I think all the teams in New Zealand. You know, they're at full strength. And I think what we sit here today, I think there'll be a few surprises. I think there will and be. That makes surprises. sense because it'll be even playing field. And I can understand why the Blues mm. are going to finish fifth after that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, yeah, that's Joey, me. Joey some, some final thoughts for you before, and Justin, we closing up? Um, yeah, I think this COVID. Um, situation has kind of created a more equal playing field than pre-COVID suggested, even just based on our podcast just then, talking about the Canes and the Highlanders and a shot of making that top three at the end. You might not be wrong with the Chiefs taking it out, uh, Rog. They have no excuses really other than to take it out. So if they don't take it out, I'll be really disappointed. Um, And you'll be hearing from me, Rog. Um, I appreciate that, uh, Joey. Also, um, I do expect the Blues to be in the top three, no matter how well the Kings and the Islanders do from here on in. I also do expect the Chiefs to be there or thereabouts in the final. 
I think the bolters will stand out as well as um, you know the old heads. I think turn of DC will only do wonders for Bowden Barrett, who has taken all this time off. You know, I think we did acquire him at the end of last season, Rog. Um, yes. which is it's been a long a week for the Blues fans. A bit of concern. It um, feels like I fifteen like, years. Yeah, you know, it's like well been putting this guy, wrapping him up in cotton wool. Um, but I'm glad he's there and he's now got Dan Carter as a bit of added pressure or healthy competition to get him firing because I know that he now has a point to prove to the public, to himself, to even to Dan, that you know he's the new kid in town. And I think Dan has something to prove that you know he's still got it. You know, that competitiveness probably won't ever go away from Dan. So it'll be nice to see how they both do when they're on the field at the same time, whenever that may be. It'll be weeks before Dan never gets to play, I think. I think he's he's doubting his own um, form and match fitness at the moment. Yeah. So it'll be nice to see Dan scoring the winning points against the Crusaders in the final. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. That would be there you go. I've just, I've just given you the feeling right there. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, you know, Joey. Speaking about improving, can can you prove that you're not there and Hamilton too long that you're like <laughs> calling up the Chiefs, bringing up the Chiefs? <laughs> no, no. City of the Future has been, uh, yeah, coming to your head. And... I've got to, I've got to show them some love. You know? He's trying to choose with his mind here. He's trying to choose with his mind. He's trying to put his heart I've aside. I've got, sh- I've, got sh- I've got to show the Chiefs. <laughs> they provided me with this great life I live here in the city. <laughs> yeah, but nice boys, nice boys. I think you guys, you guys hit the nail on the head basically. And the thing is, with this new competition, like all the derbies you see, you can throw the form book out the window almost. Uh, we've seen the Highlanders; they've given the Crusaders some of the toughest games, and the record's almost fifty-fifty. Even though the Crusaders are head and shoulders above the Highlanders, just the local derbies. Mm brings out the best in the New Zealanders. Almost every game can sort of be viewed as, a, as an all-back trial. Like if you can outperform mm. your your opposite week in and week out, then that's got to all go well for the all, the all Black selectors. So there's a lot on the line. Um, I'm really interested to see how the teams, teams go. We've all made completely different predictions. So what that tells me is that nothing, you can't, you, no one can really say what's going to happen. It's just going to be a real interesting competition. But, um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I think this format, for me, is more exciting than what we've had in the past. I've been lamenting the fact that Super Rugby has been broken for a long time, and I feel that this could be another way forward to sort of revitalise the competition. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm interested to see how we go. But, I mean, if no one else has got anything to add... I think that's, that's yeah. Um, I remember Stacy buying a blues jersey back in 2010 and saying that this was his year. And I think that's the blue jersey that's that, hanging that's up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 2010, he bought this jersey, and uh, he's been hanging on um, some hopes there. So, hey, and when he bought that jersey, it was seven years after the last championship of the Blues. So it's been 10 years since he bought that jersey. Is it going to be this season, Stace? 
you know, one thing I'll say is I've got a, a medium juicy from 2003, a large 2010 XL 2014. Now I need a double XL, so, uh, so something's going wrong. Here. You can have that pink juicy that's next to that. You know, um, oh, right, 17 years. Yeah. 17 years since 2003, Joey. And 2005 was the last time Carlos Spencer was there. So he had a world class first five right up until 2005. Now, now we've got two world-class first fighters. It makes up for hey, the last 15 hey. years. Easy, easy. Yes, well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, hey, it's debatable. Like, you had world beaters in those prior. Then you've had, had Stephen Brett. You've had Tosissa Lavea. But what did, they, what did they get them? For our more, just for our more. <laughs> yeah. You had a uh, oh, uh, makeshift uh, McAllister there as well. It floated around first five, second yes, five. We had, um, Who was that guy Gopeth, that came? Gopeth, we've had a lot. <laughs> Jimmy Gopeth. <laughs> Jimmy Gopeth. Yeah. You know, one, one thing I'll say, hey, as a blues guy, every year, like I'll always, I'll always took the blues up and I'll mm. say, this is our year, this is our year, this is our year. But this time, honest, I know I've said it for the last 17 years, <laughs> but this year it really does... <laughs> Real like the yeah, I know. I, I think seventeenth. I think Nick, Nick Evans was the best first five since Carlos. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think when Carlos made his cameo in the tens, I think um, Cam and Stacey got excited about that. There's well, a possible. Well, he was one of the best players in the tournament. <laughs> he outperformed all the current Blues guys. And I was, that's that's telling. So where does that, that put a Harry Plummer? Where, yeah, where's exactly. where's Plummer exactly. going now? So hey, hey, I'll put Harry Plummer over Stephen Brett. Mm. Yeah, there's yeah. been a few, uh, even uh, Gatlin's son was there once upon a time as well, wasn't he? <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> that's enough, that's enough. Oh. All, right, all right, boys, we're going to wrap up. Uh, we're going to wrap up now. So I just want to thank all the, thank you our, our guys on the panel for coming through and offering your guys knowledge. Um, for all the listeners out there, thanks for joining us. Uh, we've got our, our new website, which I mentioned earlier, so feel free to take a look, um, www.wizwiznet.com. And um, also check out our, our Facebook page uh, and our Twitter handle. So we're available on social media. So give us a follow and give us a like, boys. So, What's uh, the name of the course. Facebook? The Counteract, the Counteract counter Facebook page. Yes. So uh, yeah, check it out. We've got some. We've got some um, good articles on there. Some good um, engagement from. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say fans, but I, they're not really fans. They're sort of. They are just people. There we go. <laughs> Blues in fifth. Yep. Highlanders right, right. Thanks, fourth. boys. Thanks, boys. Appreciate Hurricanes it. third. Crusaders <laughs> second. Chiefs to take it out. Kakitiano. Thanks, boys. Cheers, boys. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. It's going to be the reverse of that. Who's going to take it out? <laughs> I, think so. I think I've got the exact opposite of you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, that was good, boys. Eh? Well done, Joey. We're doing this next one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah.